where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought uh, Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a while, so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. <laughs> Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 79. Um, Going to be a fun show. You know, Stephen, I was thinking, man, if, if things didn't go uh, my way on Sunday, and it, obviously it didn't go your way on Sunday, this would be a pretty miserable show. But, you know, I think, in, in my opinion, I don't think there's any shame in losing to the Lions right now. Yeah. They're a team that nobody wants to play. They're very nasty right now. They're on a roll. Um, so I, yeah. I wouldn't beat yourself up too bad about it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that beat up about it. To be completely honest, uh, for those reasons, with them being at home, I'm not making excuses. But <clears throat> we we were a couple just bad play calls away from, like it was just some bad decision making and the defense. Like uh, uh, Ed Donatel, but he's not working as a defensive coordinator for the Vikings. Like everyone seems to like yeah. the guy, and there's something to you know liking your coach and everything. But like I the results aren't there. Like they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, which is crazy. Like it shouldn't be up to Kirk. Like we have a ton of playmakers on, on offense and it shouldn't be up to Kirk and JJ and those guys to like have to be doing what they're doing to stay in games. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, but that, that all said, you know, we're going to be in the playoffs regardless. So it's like, like, yeah. I'm not like, it's not a big deal that we lost, but, it is concerning, you know, you don't want to see that kind of stuff happen. Like you want to go out there and win, but it's uh yeah, it just is what it is. I feel, I feel the same way about my fantasy team right now. Like I got I'm I'm in a good position. I made it into the playoffs last week and this week just don't necessarily matter. So like just kind of like I still want to win, you know. I don't want any of my players to get hurt. You know, I want to yeah. I want to put up numbers and stuff, but like at the same time, you know, but but you know, hats off to the Lions, like they have a good team, and I'm happy for their coach. That guy, like if, if nothing else, <clears throat> that team is bought into the coach. And that's like a yep. giant part of, of the success for a football team is just buying into the leader. And I think he's, I think that dude's a great leader. Um, so I'm happy for the Lions. I'm not one of these guys that like completely hates all the, like, I don't like the Lions. You know, I don't like the Bears. I, I hate, I hate the Packers, um, you know, but like uh, the Lions, it all—it kind of feels like the Lions in the in the Vikings, especially in this division. It feels like we've we've been just so like we never win. Like the Bears have won Super Bowls, the 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 Packers have won Super Bowls. Like we're you know we're the ones always scrapping to try to get ahead of of, of Green Bay, pretty much. And so I'm I'm happy. Yeah. You, know, the Lions, you know, I don't want the Lions to get too good to where it becomes a problem. You know, but like right. I uh, you know I think they're a dangerous team. I think they're, I think there's a good chance they make the playoffs themselves. Yep. And then with us, I mean, I was, I was like on uh, nervous as hell that last two minutes, like we had to go 98 yards down the field, get a touchdown to win the game. Luckily we did it, but it was not uh, comfortable. We lost our starting right tackle for the year. We lost a defensive tackle that we traded to stop, help stop the run. He helped a lot. We lost him for the year. So pretty brutal. Um, it's now it's I'm just at the point now where like, dude, just get me in that thing. Get me in the playoffs. Let's just see what happens. Like enough of this other stuff. Like, but I am kind of glad we get the Eagles in two weeks just because it's like we get to see where we're at, you know, like if we're even close or if we're like way off, we're going to find out, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I and I'm not sleeping on the Jags either. I think that they definitely uh, have some. They they could definitely be a threat, and they're on. We have to play them on the road, so it's uh it's going to be an interesting stretch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, before we get started tonight, I don't want to forget, uh, before we get into everything, to thank VK for being a part of the show, as always. Um, not only do I get to tell you all about VK today, and of course he has the link in the description of the video. So 10% off, just uh, send him a message and say live rounds or Steven, Doug, anything along those lines. He'll know what you're talking about. 10% off of any order over there on his eBay channel or eBay channel, his eBay, his eBay store. Um, and the description is below once again. Um, VK, I, I bought some stuff off the store last week that I can show y'all. So oh, nice. Yeah. And by the way, so it showed up in like, like two days, like maybe three, like I think it was like two or three days. So it showed up almost immediately. Um, and the price was really, really fair. Like I got a really good deal and the packaging was really professional. Like it showed up in a big box with like a bunch of, uh, those, uh, what do you call them? Those, those like air, uh, you know, those like bubbles, those big air bubbles. bubble wrap, bubble wrap, but, but well, not though, not like the little ones that you pop and it's like fun. Yeah. You get like the big, the big ones that are like big. Yeah. I know what you're about. yeah yep. So, um, you could pop these too, but it sounds more like a gunshot than like, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, so he, so like the, the, the stuff came in, in, in prime condition. So thank you, VK. Um, I'm going to show y'all what I got from him. Um, so last week I showed y'all that I'm now in the wrestle buddy, um, game. So VK heard me say that on the show last week and he was like, Hey man, I've got a AW wrestling buddy. If you want a good deal on one. So I've now got a Kenny Omega to go along with my Cody Rhodes. So perfect. Pretty cool. Perfect. And I didn't stop there with Kenny because I've been wanting this. And once again, got a good deal. Don't have to go hunting for it myself. At the Kenny Omega Street Fighter. Oh, nice! GameStop. So, um, so yeah, very, uh, very happy. Limited edition, and the it's, yep. it's mint. Like the boxes, like you know, you're always gonna have your little nicks and knacks every now and then with these boxes. Like it's never gonna be perfect. This is pretty damn close to perfect. And um, so yeah, VK. Um, not only can we uh, obviously we we obviously support him. Uh, we we appreciate him supporting the show, but I've now purchased from him as well and can. 100% give a uh, two thumbs up, five star. Like, y'all, y'all will really enjoy biz- doing business with this guy, and he'll give you good deals. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, real quick, I was wondering, somebody somebody did ask, like, what are some of your guys' favorite Christmas movies? So I think we should yeah. talk about that. Um, okay. I mean, Home Alone for sure for me, classic. Like, I, it was one of the coolest movies ever. I thought Kevin McAllister's like the coolest kid ever when it came out. And then uh, Home Alone 2 was really cool too. Um, uh, underrated one that a lot of people don't talk about that I really like is All I Want for Christmas. Leslie Nielsen is the Santa Claus in that. And um, it's like about these kids that try to get their parents back together after being divorced. It's really good. Um, Jingle All the Way, of course, Turbo Man. That's the first one that always comes to mind for me is Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Yeah. Turbo Man. Um, Sinbad. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) There's a lot um, I'm trying to think of. It's not all just the classics either, man. Like, and and there used to be like a Christmas movie every year. I mean, a Christmas story is like just airs constantly. Yes. I like, uh, I like the uh, rom com of, uh, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. That was a funny one. It's good. It's worth watching. Um, I'm trying to think of others, but yeah, those are ones that come to my mind. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, Home Alone and Jingle All the Way for the ones that really in a Christmas story once again because I used to like that a lot when I was a kid. Then it just got like it got too played out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other. Was there other just holiday movies? Like, was there any? Like, I remember there was the Hanukkah movie, uh, uh, Eight Crazy Nights with Adam Sandler, the animated one, but yes. I didn't really like that. Like, even being like being Jewish, I wanted like, a good... And I, remember, I thought like, you were going to be like, yeah, that's one of my favorites. You're like, yeah, I didn't like it. No, no. Like, we, I'm trying to think of, like, even... Like, I remember the Rugrats had a, a Hanukkah special, and I always really appreciated that as a kid. Um, like that, You know, I just remember that, but I'm trying to think if there was any other good... I don't know. Like, I mean, I remember movies, like, I'm pretty sure, like, Toy Story came out around Christmas. Like, the original Toy Story came out around, it it's, not, it's like, it's not a Christmas movie, but, like, That's the thing, too, that I kind of mix up, because, like, a yeah. lot of big movies come out in the holidays, but they're not, like, Christmas movies. Uh, I mean, National Lampoon's Christmas oh. Vacation, Elf, like, those two are pretty popular. I've got, I don't know how this slipped my mind, because it's not, like, a yeah. traditional movie. The Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special. Oh, they did like an hour long, but they released it like on DVD. It's not even a part of like their actual show or like really like the lore of the show really even. Like it's just a standalone Christmas special they did. Um, and they put it out on like some of their DVDs and stuff like back in the day. But it's 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 actually hilarious. Um, I you don't you don't watch that show, right? So you wouldn't know the no. character. Okay, so I won't I won't I won't go into all of it, but that's that's easily my favorite Christmas related uh, film or, or anything like by far. So yeah, definitely. There's a, another funny one, Deck the Halls, with Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. They're like competing neighbors over who's gonna have the best like uh, houses uh, with the lights. That's, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, there's some... I remember. Uh, I remember the Santa Claus one with Tim Allen. I probably yes. saw oh, they yeah. like redone that now. Like, I think really do it. They just did another. They did a series, like a sequel series, where he's like ready to retire and he's looking for a replacement. So that's basically the storyline of it. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, <laughs> I just think that that's just where we're at at this point. Oh. Like, whatever they make is just it's not going to be good. So you just kind of move on. Well, you know, did we did we talk about the like the full season ending of game changers no but i mean it wasn't it, it to me it, it ended in a way that like they could never do it again or they could do a sequel if they wanted to so here's my idea doug this okay. is i think the best case scenario okay okay yeah. i don't know how i don't know what the story is like but like you got to tie us to loose ends here like there's really no point like like we can follow these kids along or whatever. Like we can drag this along and do more seasons of this show if you want to. Uh, but like, there's really no point. I feel like in doing like 10 episodes of like, these kids over and over. Like we need to see what happens with Bombay and Charlie, like probably put a bow <laughs> on that. We like, now that this other coach is involved, coach Cole, like I like the character. You can still have him involved in some way. I'm, I'd be fine with that. But like Bombay has to be back. Charlie has to be a part of it. OG mighty ducks have to be involved. And you just do D4. Just do like an hour and a half long, just D4 movie and just put it on Disney Plus. Like you don't have to do 10 yeah. episodes of a show. 
to disappoint me over and over again, just, just cock teasing me the whole time. Like I'm going to see Russ Tyler, Jew and uncle puck. And like, he never shows up. Like just give me an hour and a half. I'm either going to be disappointed or I'm going to like it. I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend months next time following the story just to be just honey dipped. You know what I mean? The fact that the only mighty ducks we got in this second season was at the very beginning. We saw Fulton who we had, who we had last season. I always appreciate seeing Fulton. Then we had, Portman, Portman, who wasn't even mentioned my name, and he just he was the Bash brother, but it was cool because it's like, okay, well, like we're gonna know what's going on, so that's still kind of cool. And then they just yeah. had that random dude in that one episode at, at the Anaheim Ducks uh, facility that just like replaced having any of the Mighty Ducks on the show, and he just explained everything, like it was yeah. a documentary on the Mighty Ducks. So, anyways, yeah, I am. I, I think you, you agree. Do you think like if they do, if they continue this? It has to be Bombay is involved, and you might as well just do D four and just like either it's good or it sucks. I think like it's a good idea, but I think it has like about a zero chance of happening, honestly. Just because like what they're doing yeah. is they're trying to come up with yeah. programs that make people tune in every week so you stay you keep your subscription. So they don't just want to give yeah. you just one movie and be done but the problem with that is these stories are designed to be movies and not tv shows so they just drag and they're not as entertaining as they should be and it's not it's not really built to be a tv series they're trying it's more so a movie that they're trying to make into a tv series and it's like that with all these marvel shows all but you've said like cobra kai has like done a good job of that though that's like the cobra one that's fantastic yeah and it, and it and it always has like intense cliffhangers to where you need to watch the next episode like it keeps you involved and it's it's very true to the original like concept so i and the thing that sucks too is like in the first series, like we got past the introduction phase, the first season with Mighty Ducks. And it was really supposed to be that continuation of like Bombay and like the yes. kids and all that. And like, it just was over and they just went a totally different route. And basically like a summer fling, like a summer camp fling is like what that, that was. And it just wasn't what we wanted. You know, years from now, Doug, um, like decades from now, when we're all sitting around mm. and we're like, like reflecting on the past, especially around like, you know, the year 2020, we're just thinking yeah. about stuff. There's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be like COVID ruined my childhood, but they're going to be yeah. like, they're good, but they're going to be like 25 years younger than we are. Um, right. But like, I might be one of those people that's like COVID ruined my childhood and people are going to be like, <laughs> how? Like you're so old. I'm gonna be like, right. well, COVID ruined my childhood because, um, because because of COVID, Coach Bombay didn't do the second season of the Mighty Ducks, and they ruined the entire thing. They ruined my favorite movie trilogy of all time. COVID, COVID ruined my childhood. So yeah. they need to redeem themselves. Bombay needs to come back for all of us kids. Okay, let's, we're all over it now, right? Like you didn't get backs. Okay, it is what it is. Let's do so so here, all right. Here's a crazy thing, Stephen is. Hollywood actors are still required to be vaccinated to be involved in. Okay, I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole. But no, but I'm just wild. saying, no, like, no, I'm just even saying, if they wanted... because, like, because, like, it seems to be like 
I don't hear anyone really even talking about it anymore, to be completely honest. It's, it's like, over. Oh, but anyways, about, so, but the main yeah. argument was, was Bombay wouldn't do it. That's why he wouldn't right. be in the second. And you would think by now, they'd be like, look, let's let bygones be bygones. We're all good. And they're still in that same position. So I don't, yeah. I don't see it happening. I really don't. Such a bummer. Such a bummer yeah. that COVID could possibly ruin my childhood. It's so indirectly. Like, you didn't you didn't get Sting and Cody and you didn't get Gordon Bombay to finish out the Mighty Duck story. Yeah, don't like forget. That's, you had to remind me about the Sting and Cody. Never happened, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. That's it's not gonna happen. You never got Cody in the colored face paint. That would have been so cool with like the like just two different colors, like it's okay, old school though, thing. Because we got CM Punk in it though. Yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> Out of all the people, like that's the one. Well, it's funny. I saw Jeremy Padauer earlier today say that they're going to do like ROH figures. Who do you want? And like, I almost tweeted it, but I felt like people would just think I was trolling. But I was actually like, Blonde CM Punk. Like, that's like my number one. As as much as I hate on the dude, like, that is the number one Ring of Honor figure I would want. (laughs) So, like, fighter fighter shorts and blonde, blonde hair. For me, if you could find a way to get. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, um, Nigel McGuinness, and the Briscoes. Like, to me, that is the ultimate, like, series to drop for Ring of Honor. Uh, And I don't know how the Briscoes work because they did sign a contract, but they also are, like, low-key. Not not low-key. I would would want a low-key figure, but... um, they are like uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would say not welcome, but they're definitely like we'll keep you as quiet as possible. But yet you are on the pay per view. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. It's weird how they handled them. Who's so I don't know guys? if they'd actually. Yes. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if they'd actually be able to get figures. But I mean, I would want them a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And yeah. this is an absolutely not. And you would have the boys as like two side characters. They, they would probably be the size of like negative one in those freaking figures. Little two little boys. Like, no, thank you. That'd be kind of a fire three pack. I'm not uh, buying that. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would definitely buy a lot of the ring of honor stuff. Like I think they, yeah. I think it's a good idea for them to, especially because of the AEW stuff. We talked about it recently, but it seems a little stagnant right now with a lot of the AEW stuff. I mean, so much stuff's dropping. I will say this, though. I think it was a little bit of an overreaction just because if you're looking at them, a lot of Mattel figures are on sale as well. And so this, okay. this, is, this is my theory. This is my theory. I think that they ordered such an influx because of COVID, right, that – it was like, this is the new norm now. Everyone wants all these figures, blah, 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 blah. And then they figured out, now that things have kind of gotten back to normal, oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to sell these. And they're just going to be stuck in this warehouse forever. So yeah. now they're just trying to, like, mass sale, get everything out, and then start anew. Start a whole new lines sense. and all that stuff. And I'm just, I'm dead serious on this. Get them while you can, because I think figures are going to be expensive, and I think they're going to be a lot harder to find. They're not going to be as many of them, 
So all of a sudden, like if you missed out on that series, then your only options are eBay. You know what I mean? So um, when you can get them this cheap right now, because I don't know if you guys have seen those ringside sales, but I mean that $6 figures, $8 figures, brand new. I just placed another order the other day. On <laughs> like I went on there, like I got another Cody LJN because it was like $3.99. I was like, okay, like I'm just like, if it's $3.99, like I'm going to put this in a box and then on card and put it away I, I and I'll trade it or, or sell, sell it later. Like, yeah, I think like Bianca, Bianca's like $3.99. Um, the, both the best friends together is $8.99. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got Io Shirai like, for like five. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was all, good deals. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'll, I'll show you all the people I got. They'll, they should be here hopefully by next Thursday, uh, by next uh, show that we do on Tuesday. We'll do the award. Well, actually, uh, yeah, it'll be more fun just to show you the stuff that I bought whenever I get it. That's well, all good. All right. Well, um, if you guys haven't, please smash that like button. We definitely appreciate it. If you guys want to send any super chats to uh, support the channel, we definitely appreciate that as well. Um, we'll read them out to you. I read them out and answer your questions. Um, I'm not sure where you want to jump into this. Uh, there's a couple of things that have kind of popped up that isn't on our main topics that I think are somewhat interesting. The one we'll just talk about this one. The one that literally made me laugh out loud, and I had to read it twice. Does Vince McMahon actually think he can come back? And if he does come back. Like, how damaging do you think that would be? Like, I, I don't know if you can recover from that if he does come back. I I don't think there's any any weight to Vince actually coming back. He might want to, and it might yeah. cause it might cause you know problems in their family if like he wants to come back and Triple H and Stephanie are like, no, like sorry, you got it, you're yeah. good. Like, look, I'm tired, like, yeah. No taxi backsies, you know? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd laugh if, like, the first day he came back, he like fired everyone that they hired. Like, literally, is it that obvious that, like, he views wrestling just completely different? Yeah. So I, I honestly just don't think there's anything. It looks like Sean Ross Sapp has been saying, like, you've been tweeting today that it, he, he hasn't heard anything about anyone wanting him back and stuff. So I, I mean, I just, and they I just said it's like that. close sources. Vince says that he thinks he was misled and would want to come back. But, like, that doesn't mean he's coming back. It's just, like, his opinion, you know? Yeah, listen, I think that that's potential. I, I think that it's very likely that that is exactly what happened, though, that, like, people around Vince told, like, highly advised him to retire when he retired because uh -huh. of all the heat. Like, so I, I do definitely – I think that that's – like, I don't think he was going to retire when he retired unless it was because I of that agree stuff. That. So, like, I think it's very likely Vince is at home right now and he's, like, really itchy and he's, like, all right, like, it's kind of nothing's really happening as far as me really getting in much trouble. And, like, there's even yeah. more accusations and, like, still nothing's really happening. And I could slide right back in there and go back to work because he's probably still only sleeping, like, you know, three hours a night and still, you know, like, probably obsessing over the company, even though he isn't supposed to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, it's very likely he wants to come back and it's, it's super likely he wouldn't have re retired if, uh, if it wasn't for, you know, Hey, here's the thing. If he wants to be like, the XFL didn't work or whatever, like 
invest in slam ball, invest in roller derby, roller jam. Like, like if you want to like invest in a new invest in AEW. I don't know. Do whatever you the want. Places, the, mm, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I'm kidding about AEW. I'm just saying. My point is like WWE is like they're on the upswing without you. Like you, you were doing more damage to that company than good uh, towards the end for there. sure. And I think the people in the WWE know that, and you can't just reverse all the stuff they've changed. I know a lot of people, like I know even yourself, like you don't think there's been a lot of like on-screen difference, which I think is fair, but like there's definitely been a lot of personnel change, like Triple H's guys coming in and positions yep. and Regal and Road Dog and all, you know, all this stuff. It's like, you can't just bring Vince back in and be like, all right, I'm back. Like it's back to, you know, me doing stuff my way. Like it's just not, I just don't think it's going to happen. So. And it's also like, I mean, like literally people that are um, like that he let go that they've now decided to bring back multiple right. people like that. And so it's clear they have a different vision. You know what I mean? So I I just, I, I read that and I was just like, there's no way, no way you could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I agree. And then apparently he also has new accusations. And there apparently there was a guy, I he, he was like uh, sexually assaulting a, um, a lady in 2011 at like a gym or something. And the husband showed up with a baseball bat at a WWE live event. So like this stuff's been going on forever because this was 2011, you know? So I think he has now seven counts of accusations of like multiple things that have happened and things. It's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, we all grew up with him and everything like that. But I, I really think the best thing for him is to completely be out of the limelight. It's over. Take your money. Live the rest of your life out. And just, you know, clearly you got away with it for a really long time. So it's not like um, you just, you know, did one thing and was caught. And now it's like you're trying to beg for forgiveness. Like, no, you're a scumbag. Like, you're definitely a scumbag. You've done a lot of crappy things. Um and it, it's just, you know, you got caught and your time's up. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't, I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't see him coming back. So. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. Uh, another fun one. Um, Sasha Banks. So yeah. she is apparently going to be at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. Apparently a hundred grand for an appearance at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, which I don't, I mean, is she wrestling? Is she just waving to the crowd? Like what, what is she doing? Cause I feel like for a hundred grand, she probably should be wrestling. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and it's very interesting too. Cause like, I don't know what, how much like Japan would appreciate Sasha. Like I get Jericho, right. When Jericho showed up, it was like a game changer. They were all happy, you know, whoa. But um, now <laughs> I, I I don't know what Sasha brings. But that being said, it kind of opens up the gateway to AEW in a lot of people's eyes. And I feel like we're almost getting at that CM Punk to where it's like it's not being said, but it's highly implied. And anything less 
is going to be a disappointment for January 11th in California, who is going to be Soraya's tag team partner. So how are you feeling now on the Sasha Banks, Mercedes, Monet, whatever her name's going to be, um, radar going to AEW? Uh, I think it's even more likely now, yeah, that she goes. I think she's definitely yeah. going to wrestle on New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom. I think she has to. Like, I, I think there's too much, there's too much to her being there. And if there, and if she's going to be getting anywhere around a hundred thousand dollars or more, like I just, I feel like she's got to be too. Especially if it's unannounced, like because why would, like, no matter who you are, not not just Sasha. Like, I would say this about anyone. Like, unannounced to give someone that amount of money, like, you know what I mean? Like, you would want to. To give someone that amount of money, you would want people knowing they're going to be on the show because that's how you're going to get all your money back and your investment is like people tuning in. Like people might watch the replay or like hear about it and it's going to create buzz. But like, you know what I mean? I think if you're going to pay her $100,000 for one match or sorry for like one appearance of any kind, like, like tell the people like, you know, at least a few, a few weeks in advance or something that she's wrestling on the show. I think that's the best idea. It's similar to CM Punk in some ways with the UFC. Like, it's an apples to oranges, but like when he went to the UFC, like the pay per view, the pay per view numbers like doubled for the pay per view he's on. Like, immediately. It's just like, you know, you wouldn't, but like if it was just like CM Punk appearing to, to cut a promo about the UFC, you know what I mean? Like, or CM Punk just appeared on the, you know what I mean? Like, there's, a, there's clearly like much more value in people knowing ahead of time so they can buy the pay per view, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, but I think like their kind of idea is more so like to not actually say who it is, but imply who it is. So then people are all fired up and, you know, they get excited. So when she actually comes out, I'm talking about AEW. Wait, wait, no, AEW, AEW, I don't think they're going to announce. I'm talking about for New Japan, I think they need to announce ahead of time. But AEW, I think it'll be a surprise, but like it, I think it will be. Like you said, I, I'm I'm with you 100. I think they'll heavily imply who it's going to be if it's going to be her. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting if they pulled this like a swerve, like it's not Sasha, but then Sasha comes and challenges Jade that same night or something. That would be cool. Yeah, I like that. Because I then mean, you would be like let down, upset, whatever, and then you would still get Sasha, but it was like a swerve you the whole time. I like that. Yeah, and I like Kyrie a lot too. So I mean, I'm yeah, Brandon. I like good to see you by the way. But yeah, I uh, I like that idea a lot. Like both those ideas. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, if Sasha comes in, but if Sasha comes in like in wrestles Jade, yeah, she's got to like Brandon said, she's got to beat her. Yep. Um, I don't know if that's hundred percent. And see, this is another thing too. Do you bring Sasha in to do this tag match? Do you pay her a hundred grand and she's not actually going to be part of the roster, but it's just like for a moment to kind of see where you're at and then go from there in long-term negotiation. Or do you think that they've actually come to an agreement? Uh, That's, uh, I don't know, but like I, so at the end of the day, like, I don't really care what AEW pays her, obviously. Right. Like, they can pay her whatever, like get her on the screen. Like I'm fine with whatever. But like uh I I I if we're looking at it kind of from that perspective, like I 
you would imagine they have some sort of well you know i don't know because the thing is like sasha is a very big star in the in the wrestling world like she really is like i mean so I, she's I, got those like fans that literally watch wrestling because of her and only yes. her yeah so like she has a lot of leverage so like i i think she could i think it's but it's possible that she could have just a per agreement or per appearance a per appearance agreement with like all these companies right now where she her intentions might be to go back to the wwe but she's told triple h hey i've always wanted to do new japan like i have this really cool opportunity in AEW. i'm not going to sign anywhere but like i'm going to do that stuff and then i'll come back to you you know like i like i'm not saying that's like happening but it's just like i think the options are out there for her to do really whatever she wants to and she's a big enough name that if she i think she could have that kind of leverage where she tells tony khan like I'm not in a position really where I really want to sign anything really long term, but you know I'll come in for this amount of money and we can do like a big a big moment, you know, and maybe I'll stay. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't know, but like you know, but if she once again she's a big enough star that she had she can actually negotiate that. I think wherever she wherever she goes potentially. Um, I think the most likely scenario is she does have something worked out between with Tony Khan already saying like I am coming to AEW. But I know you have this agreement with New Japan too, so I want to do that also. You know what I mean? I, I think that's probably the most likely. But I think it's also very possible that she just is a free agent, like really being a a, a, a free uh, an independent contractor and doing per yep. deals potentially. So I can see that. I mean, like you know, you just focus on a big show for the California show and bring Sasha in, get that buzz going, and then you know, if if something works out, then it works out. If not. It is what it is. So she was just a tag partner, right? It's not like she's, um, you know, a challenger wins a belt. Now she's here to stay type thing. So, yeah. And once again, with like, with Sasha coming in, if she came in and wrestled Jade. She would have to be Jade. And I, I, I have no issue with that as far as like Sasha, like Sasha's one of the best in-ring wrestlers. Like she's one of the most over. She's super famous, super hot. Like I, I totally get it, but like, I really feel like whoever beats Jade, it really be, it really should be making somebody new. Like, I I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, but like, Sasha's already made. You know, she doesn't need the TBS championship. Like, she could immediately just be doing, you know, for 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 the world title. It's like it makes sense immediately. You know, so just, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want Jade to be. I don't know. I feel like once again, it should go to like a Statlander or Willow or or some someone like that. But see yeah it just it it really just depends on story it has to feel like she's going to lose it has to feel like there is actually a threat that she could lose the title in my opinion it can't just be like one two three kid versus razor ramon right no i agree yeah like some wild upset and then now they're champ like it needs to be like built up and then you could be thinking in your like in the back of your like, could this be the night? Like, could they really, you know, could she actually beat her for this time? You know, so that that's really except something like a Sasha, I think, could be a little bit different. Sure, well, I agree. I mean, and you can't. I I feel like you can't just bring Sasha in in a spot like that and just have her lose, unless she's willing to just come in and for one night and just help put over someone like Jade, which I I think is. Once again, I think it's possible. Just I just don't think it's as likely as, or you know, 
but yeah, I guess I guess if I had to like make a bet on it, like where where does Sasha wind up? I think she ultimately does wind up in AEW pretty soon. But you know, good for her and good honestly. Like I I, I wish more. It's the the best example is people. I know it's Cody Rhodes, but like when he left the WWE, mm-hmm. he looked Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Independence. Yeah. Because New, New Japan, of course, he had, he had the le- he had the leverage to do per appearance deals all over the place. Sasha's got yep. the same opportunity right now. Wherever she wants to go, people will pay the money. I feel like to to just get access to her. So, and you have the ability to elevate the products you go to as well, right? Like nobody cares about Impact Wrestling a lot, but if she goes there people are going to pay way more attention to impact wrestling. People are going to pay way more attention to a lot of those things, you know? And not only that, she can come in and she could wrestle like Josh Alexander for the world title. It would be like massive. You know what I mean? Cause like they'll do men versus women there. Yeah. Like, so Sasha yeah. can go and she could wrestle speedball Mike Bailey. You know what I mean? Like, right. so like that thing that puts Sasha on a whole nother level also, that's why I'm always talking about like women like Trisha Dora and uh, yeah. Masha Slamovich is a great example of it currently in Impact, and so is uh, Jordan Grace. But, like, someone like Trisha Dora, I'm always, like, I, I think she definitely has the talent to be an NXT, AEW, WWE. Like, she can be anywhere, but I want to see her in Impact because, like, she could wrestle the men there, too. And, I mean, that's, like, that just puts you, in my opinion, it just opens it up so much for the, the high-level women, being able to wrestle high-level men, I think just puts them at just, like, a totally different level um, in a lot of cases. Um, and, and then, of course, an uh, Impact – you have like Jordan and Masha, like when they wrestle each other, it's just super high level, super high level, always good. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like, I, I think that uh, anyway, my, my, my whole point is I, I think that Sasha, I think that's, that's interesting. I don't think, I don't see Sasha going to impact, but I think that if she did something with impact, she could wrestle literally anyone on that roster to be a huge deal. Yeah. I, and I'm not necessarily saying she's going to impact. I'm just saying, Oh, for sure. She's a, she's an open free agent. She can do whatever she wants, especially if she's just going to do like per performance basis. And like, you know, if you're impact and you're trying to sell pay-per-views, maybe you think it's worth bringing her in for an event or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I know that's crazy money that she's asking for and stuff. And a lot of companies can't afford that, but some might think it's worth it, you know? Yeah, but look at like when Braun Strowman was trying to do that. He was probably asking for a lot of money, but like people weren't paying it because it's like I, we can't. But like Sasha's worth the money, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's where you really find your true value as a free agent is, you know, people like Cody could pull it off and change the game. Sasha can pull it off. She can change the game right now. Like there's other people uh, that I wish did more of, of this kind of stuff at like a high level like that. There isn't the same level uh, of security. Of course I get that, but yeah. I also feel like that Sasha is viewed almost like a hero because she stood up to Vince McMahon. So I right. feel like that she's going to have support for maybe even people that don't even necessarily like aren't her biggest fan. But just because of what she did, like they're going to support her. She's always going to be like headlines and all that stuff. So, but, but, you know, if you're Tony Khan, you want that appearance to show in the video package of like what's happened in AEW history. You know what I mean? So, whether you only have her for that one night or whatever, best believe you play that. You know what I mean? So, I think yeah. it's uh, interesting. 
Um, that's a good super Got chat. Got a super Thank chat, you. Vincent. Appreciate it, Vincent. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on small rumors of Rampage being made an all-women's show if they get Sasha? Personally, I don't like it. I I just think that they don't have the roster yet for an all-women's show. And I also don't know if the audience will be there for an all-women's show on a Friday night. Because like when you have both right now, it's hard to get people to watch. So if you made it an all-female show, I don't know how well it would do, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You know, there's, um, without getting too into it, you know, I, I did an interview recently with Angelina Love for Fightful, and she, we, me and Jeremy talked, we're talking to her, and Jeremy asked her um, about like Billy Corgan's comments on Empowered 2 and uh, like the lack of like TV ready women and stuff. Now, of course, like the obvious like contradiction that, you can bring up when I bring this up is like TV ready, NWA style, all that stuff. And like Tyrus is their world champion. So like, I, I, I understand, mm. like I understand the double-edged sword to this conversation. I totally get it. Um, and I'm not even taking sides on this, by the way, I'm just saying, this is, this is what she was saying. Um, she basically just said like Billy Corgan understands business. He's been, you know, he had to navigate the world of, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he had to navigate the world of, of music for so long and have this this super successful long term, you know, band. And um, she said that she's had a good relationship with him all the way back to when they worked together in TNA. And like so, and he loves wrestling. And she was like, he loves women's wrestling. He's like the the women. If you watch our shows, the women are heavily featured on our shows. It's like pretty much half and half on like everything that they do. Like they like, and he and she was like, you know basically basically said billy corgan doesn't want to put something together that he thinks is going to lose money right now but she said what people don't know is there are plans for the women in in nwa going into next year and there's probably a good chance that empower Two will happen next year it's just at this exact moment because she also the other other wrestlers i saw someone else um to say something really similar earlier today and i can't remember who it was i don't want to misquote somebody but she it was another uh nwa wrestler that basically said like you know it's hard to do like when they did empower one they had access to a lot more companies because nwa was doing business with more companies including the big one being AEW. they don't really have that business relationship with AEW now so like they just don't have a lot of access to a lot of the top women that they can put a whole pay-per-view together with right now is how they feel so i think that's pretty fair you know like i, I think if they're essentially saying when they have access to the right talent they will do another show like that but so but my my point is rampage already is struggling as it is and just like you said to potentially will you gain some fans because it's an all-women show yes but will you lose some fans because it's all women show yes so like i don't know how it i don't think it really grows it um and i think there's a reason i don't want to say there's a reason we don't really see that because there are all women shows um but if you're going to do an all women AEW rampage with like the current roster as it is, then you also like, you can't complain if there's a lack of women's wrestling on, on dynamite, because like you're going to, you're going to need like pretty much everything going on with the women's division to be happening on that rampage show to, to fill that rampage show. You know what I mean? Cause there's just not a lot, there's not a lot going on with, 
you know, or since there's a lot, a lot going on, but there's, it, it would be, it would be difficult. I feel like, like you would really be stretched thin, I think with, with the women, if you were doing all women shows also, and then if, does that lead to, lead, lead to like all women's pay-per-views as well? Cause then that creates an even bigger potential problem of having to stretch even thinner and stuff. Like, well, we so can even go further not, than that. Does that mean no women on dynamite as well? So then you're talking about only if you want to follow what's going on with Tony Storm or Jamie Hayter or Britt Baker, you can only watch Rampage to know what's going on. You know, like, right. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't. I just I don't know. I'm not saying all women shows are a bad idea, but I, I don't know if like that's necessarily something AEW really needs to do, at least at this at this point in time. They, I, think they really need to, I think they really just need to focus on putting compelling matches together for Rampage and like really hyping it up. Like that is something yep. that you need to watch. Like whether it's all women or, or a mixture of whatever, you know, whoever, you know, whatever. Like, you remember the women's match where it was um, Anna Jay and Tay Conti versus the Bunny and uh, somebody else says yeah. a bloody brawl? Yeah. Like that was awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I'm down for stuff like that if they're going to have big matches on there. Um, I think last week having Moxley versus Takeshita was a great idea. Like, yeah. But that's the type of stuff that we have to see on Rampage. You can't make Rampage be like the Orange Cassidy show where he defends a belt that a lot of people don't even care about. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to be pretty big matches for people to care dude honestly i think rampage should lean way more into like that it doesn't almost that it doesn't even have anything to do with dynamite it's just like yeah random dream match it's just like all right you want to see minoru suzuki back you want to see um you want to see um you know whoever uh you, you want to see eddie edwards like we're gonna bring him in one time from impact eddie edwards versus suzuki we just never seen it before it's on rampage you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just like, like, just, and that's obviously a super random example, but just take, just take people. Ace Austin, Chris Bay. All right. We've never seen them on Impact or we've never seen them in AEW together. We'll have them as a tie team. They're coming over the rest of the Young Bucks. Okay. It's like, okay. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to. And then, have, and then you're sitting there and you're like, I have to watch this show. Exactly. Like, like yeah, you got to tune I mean. in for the dream matches. Just, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, just random fun. Like, that's, or uh, just like those, like do a trios match and just like spot fest city, you know, like yeah. fun luchador stuff. Like I, I just think that it, you know, like almost, almost like when you're doing a GCW and it's like a scramble match, right? Just like just throw something out there yeah, and people pretty, be like, "Holy crap!" Just bring yes, all those I guys, just bring in Ninja Mac and Dante yeah. Leone and all those Absolutely. guys. Just have them just just a random match, like. Yeah, that's 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 where I think Rampage is, is that it's most successful and when it has the most buzz is when people are just randomly like, wait, Shibata's wrestling on Rampage? Like, yes, like it's like it's, so like that's like that's the draw at this point. And, and to be fair, that's always been the draw for Rampage. Like yep. CM Punk's debut was just like this one-off thing for Rampage. Like, just. Yep. Because, yeah, I, I feel like people... The get Young Bucks would have random oh, matches. Yeah. Like, Nick Jackson yeah. would have a singles match on Rampage. You know what I mean? do more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, do Nick Jackson versus uh, Cash one-on-one. -on -one, just random. Yeah. You know, or if you want to test Cash and Dax more singles guys, just have them wrestling singles matches on Rampage consistently. Like, you know, 
Um, it's like the Steiners back then. You used to always see Rick and Scott Steiner wrestling singles matches on like WCW Saturday night and stuff. Like it was just, you know, like I, that, that's, I honestly think that's the best idea possible. Or, or of course, you know, you can turn it into Ring of Honor, which is like the obvious, like, okay, you could, you could just make Rampage Ring of Honor. You, you could do that. Um, and I, I obviously, I like that idea as well. Um, but, you know, I will say this to me, if it's TBS, it needs to be a it's TBS TNT. It needs to be AEW. Yeah, like just focus on that, and then whatever you're doing with Ring of Honor, which we'll definitely get into Honor Club. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, that's a whole different situation, yeah. right? So, I guess we could transition to that. First of all, I thought the ROH pay per view was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you guys haven't yet, please smash that like button. Definitely would appreciate it. And uh, if you guys have any more Super Chats, send them our way. Always uh, appreciate the help on the channel. Um, I, I thought it was a very fun pay-per-view. But it's almost like now Tony has convinced himself there will be four ROH pay-per-views. There will be four AEW pay-per-views. Why not just have eight AEW pay-per-views? Like, I, I get the whole idea of trying to get ROH on the ground, off the ground, but I really feel like he's forcing it and there isn't necessarily a huge market for it. Like, I don't know how many people are actually going to order Honor Club to watch a weekly ROH show. Yeah, that's the, that's the big question right now is, how many people are gonna actually watch it on Honor Club? I'd... And clearly, this wasn't what he wanted. No, because why? if it was, yeah. he would have done this a long time ago. Yeah, and it's like he was trying to convince Warner to bring in more wrestling, and they would enjoy Ring of Honor, or whatever. But like, I just think if you're just not even a wrestling expert. You're looking at this, you're like, AEW draws this, ROH draws this. I just want more AEW. I don't need Ring of Honor. So right. that's my dilemma with well, with Ring of Honor and what he wants to do. When you can also kind of tell, because like they put the belt on Jericho and that seemed to be a thing for like them trying to get a deal. And now yep. they, they have no deal and it's Honor Club and it's like it's back on Claudio. So yep. like I... And yeah, I, I I I was definitely underwhelmed by the announcement that they're going to be on Honor Club. Like I was assuming it was going to be something a little bit bigger than that because, like you said, uh, they could have been an Honor Club this entire time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be like super successful. I I, ho- I hope it is. Um, but what they really should have done is got to deal with Fight Plus. Like that would have been like yeah. just be a part of the five dollars a month and just do just piggyback the two of them on gcw the two because if you had gcw and ring of honor you could just off to the races and you got all these other companies blp and, and glory pro and all these other indies that are that are all jumping on now that are that have basically it's wild watching what's happening right now with the because i because i've seen this happen with um netflix all everything everyone branching off of netflix and starting their own stuff i've seen this happen with Twitch and everyone like branching off into YouTube and Mixer when it was around and Facebook gaming and stuff. And like, we're seeing it with IWTV right now. Like, like they're branching off and they're, they're losing stuff to fight TV is becoming a, a, 
I mean, they're taking over because they have the the half. The price point is half as expensive, five dollars a yeah. month, and now you're getting yeah. so much value with that amount of money. And plus, fight's really easy to use on like Roku and like all, all different yeah. types of apps and stuff. So like, and so it's so is IWTV to be fair. Like, it's good on my Roku as well. But like, I think that uh, it's it's just one of those things where like that's because I'm seeing all these other ones pop up like pro wrestling TV and like the, all these other offshoots where, so anyway, I just want to throw that out there too. It's been, it's been interesting to see kind of the, the streaming war happening right now with, with IWTV and then, and fight plus and stuff, but, but a ring of honor really should have signed up to, I mean, obviously they didn't for a reason. They probably feel like their value is, is, is stronger than being a part of that. They probably feel like they can, uh, do it themselves and, and be way more profitable. And I get that, but like, we're about to see, I, I you know, they're gonna have to still push it heavily on AWTV. I feel like they, they probably won't have like the, the wrestlers and the belts on so often, but like how else are they going to drive people to sign up? You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I do think it's, I don't know. To me, just to be, it almost feels like a vanity project of like he bought it and now he's like so convinced to do something with it. And I don't think that ever should have been the case. The case should have been to own the library, own the history, and that's it. Like, make not actually make the figs, make <laughs> put them in the video games, like yeah. all that stuff. Like, have the rights to Ring of Honor and even like you wanted to do a ring of honor one night stand where it felt like ring of honor and had the same set you know whatever like name the, the pay-per-view names you could use for it or something you know like or you know you've had a long feud like let's say that cm punk and mjf and then they decide to have a final battle right and it might even just be like a final dynamite of the year final battle whatever but I, I just think that it's it needs to be reevaluated. The only thing that I did find interesting was he sure seems like he wants to kind of merge it with New Japan, and I'm kind of curious how that will work because if you could get the same service from New Japan and just add that to Honor Club, then the yeah, 9.99 doesn't seem too bad. Right, I get that, and, then, and yeah. then you can kind of mix it up and watch both events. And then New Japan Strong could have be like part of ROH's stuff, and like you can merge rosters, have different type of matches. Like that would be fun, but still, man, like you've got Fulham Soccer, you've got the Jags, you got AEW. Like you don't need this, you know. Like I almost feel like you'd be better off is just selling it because I don't and I don't even think he would get what he paid for. Like, I, I just don't I don't see the benefit because then on top of that, where are you filming this and how if you're having a weekly show, are you taping four weeks worth and then putting it on Honor Club? You know, like I, I just and then he was talking about having exclusive wrestlers to Ring of Honor when it's like a lot of those guys probably should just be an AEW and you don't have any room for them, so you're putting them on Ring of Honor. Like, imagine if Claudio was strictly ROH. Like, what is that? You know? <laughs> I, I FTR now all of a sudden is just ROH because it's a claims time right now, so no more FTR on Dynamite. Like, what? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think 
you know, and then it's like, hey, low-key, the Br- the Briscoes are champs, just, just letting you know. Can't. And I love in the scrum, he interviews all of the, the winners except the Briscoes. The Briscoes are not even able to have, like, an image, a name, anything. All they were able to do is the ass boys were able to read off a challenge in a Christmas letter to set up that match. Like, yeah. lame. Just drives me crazy. <laughs> so, but I can only imagine the questions that Briscoes would have got if they were at that scrum. So, it's probably better off that they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole. I mean, I, I I feel like it's it's it is it's 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 a shame that like they're like they're so good. They're well, so well, good. And there's people. There are. I don't want to get into it, but there are people that have done so much worse than what they did that like are on television all the time. Like, and it's not it's not just that. Like, this is nothing that happened recently. They've apologized for it. No there's repeated actions. Them, yeah. There's pictures of them like posing with a drag queen. They've wrestled Effie and Alley Catch. Like it's not like that they're still uh like, oh well, no, to do with any of that. Like they've been totally cool. Even people will vouch for them. Like it's just yeah. overkill. Like, Ian Riccaboni put out some tweets the yes. other day that I thought were like really because like it's one thing for us as like cis white straight males to say this mm-hmm. stuff, but like Ian Riccoboni is like, you know, he's actually, he's a part of that, of that LGBTQ community. And like, you know, I consider myself an ally to that community. Like I support gay marriage and, and, you know, people being treated the same and everything. But like, like he was basically saying like, listen, I'm around these guys all the time, have been for decades, no repeated actions. I see how they treat people behind the scenes and, and how they interact with people of like all walks of life and stuff. And he's like, I'm just saying like, I, I see it firsthand and I'm kind of the people they were attacking. And that's like, he just doesn't, he doesn't feel like they should be kept off television at this point. You know, it's just, yeah. so it's, I feel like there's people that can, can speak, that, that can speak um, about this, that like it holds a lot more weight when they say it. And like those people, it feels like are mainly saying, you know, like that, the, the, the Briscoes, there's no reason the Briscoes should, should be kept off television. And it's crazy because, yeah, they can't even say their names or anything. Like, it's... it's and, so and, and you, could, you could tell how upset or how frustrated Tony is about it because he, like, he clearly wants them there. Like, he wants yep. them in AEW, but, like, he can't get them on television, which is, like... I, I felt like bizarre. Samoa Joe kind of dropped their name on purpose when he was, like, you know, other Hall of Famers that belong in ROH, and he's like, oh, I mean, the Briscoes, hands down. You know, and there's just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, but yeah. it's like, it's one of those things that um, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. But anyways, that's part of it too, where like, you can't really even promote them, you know, and so, but yet they're the, you're, they're the champs. But like, the reason I say the Briscoes are so good is, I mean, FTR most over tag team this year in my opinion even over the acclaim like the only reason that the acclaim maybe has gotten a bigger reaction lately or whatever is just because ftr kind of was like overshadowed but if, like if they were pushed heavy through the entire year i don't think there's anybody more over than ftr this year as a tag team but when the briscoes come out man i mean it is like 
A to left A one to A to one B. Like there is no clear alpha in this thing. And I think that's what makes it so great. And their chemistry is phenomenal. Like they've had three incredible matches. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. The the Briscoes are one of the best tag teams ever. Like, and that's yep. crazy to say that considering they haven't had any mainstream like push of any kind. I mean, the, the highest it's gotten is like they've been they've done stuff in impact wrestling, um, GCW, you know, like that's in New Japan, of course, but like there, there's but that it's pretty crazy. Like no WWE, no no AEW, they weren't around for WCW, you know, it's like they're just it's wild. Um, but uh, the good thing about being an ROH the entire time, though, is because there was so much talent that came through there. Yeah, we still seen them wrestle the best of the best. True, that's very true. And they they've wrestled everyone. Yeah, right. But they so haven't wrestled like, like New Day. You know what I mean? Which is like no, you know, like that would be fascinating. Something like but that. But that seems so unreachable for them. Right. Like no, the I agree. Usos, New Day, any of that. Yeah. Like I'm saying it'd be fantastic. I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but sure. I'm just it just doesn't even come across on my radar. I think more so like, you know, how could they get to to certain AEW team or how could they get to like a certain um New Japan team or even Impact or whatever, but like I don't even think of WWE because it's like it just not really allowed to happen. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan in the uh, in the Honor Club idea, of, and I don't think I think Tony's trying to spin it, but I definitely don't think that he's a huge fan of it either. Um, but it is something that they did purchase; it did come with it. And uh, I don't know how much money it's going to cost to like get it all running and all that. But, and the problem is too, is man, like it's not just how many wrestling streaming services do you want? How many streaming services do you want? Period. Because there's just so many between Peacock, Paramount, HBO Max. And then if you do want New Japan, if you do want, um, the you know honor club if you do want uh spotify or apple music or amazon or i mean it's just, it just goes on and on and on so whenever you ask someone to, to invest in another one sometimes it's a tough ask so i don't i don't know i don't feel great about it but we'll see what happens in the in the future and we'll see like what his plan is for a weekly ROH show. I think that's gotta be huge. And I think if he does do it, he has to have like classics that people are talking about. Like he has to have Briscoe's versus FTR type matches every single week for you to like fully want to invest to see something like that. Yeah. I mean, the good news for them is they do have, it seems like whatever, kind of like talent rostering of honor is going to use like there's going to be a lot of really good wrestlers like i think there's going to be really oh, yeah. good matches but like what do you think about um this is what comes to mind but the the blake christian ar fox versus um roosh and match like how it was like a botch finish or at least it seemed like it was yeah um but like i don't know uh 
It was to interesting. Me it's like the mat the match was what I thought it would be. Like I wasn't that upset about it. I thought Roosh was really brutal in the match and he came across that way. Um but they did get the upset when well, I just thought that was interesting because like they beat the shit out of him afterwards too, which yeah. I was like, did they are they trying to get their heat back like for real? Or like, but I just thought it was interesting because it's like I could see AR Fox and Blake Christian being like big parts of Ring of Honor. Um, but same with Roosh, though. I feel like, you know, so I don't, I, don't, I thought some of the stuff was strange. And one other thing about Ring of Honor that I hope they stay away from is like, I don't need a bunch of finishes where like there's stuff on the outside or like people getting, you know, uh, uh, like uh, distracted and stuff like that. Just like stick to one other thing. Yeah. This was this was divisive on the Ring of Honor show. I love oh, the finish. Yeah, I love Jericho tapping out to the big swing. I thought that was great. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, dude, I'm so very. I have awful motion sickness, so like I totally am. Like <laughs> I would tap out to that so fast. I'll say that the only issue I have with it is is how many times have we seen Claudio do the swing and nobody taps? Right. That that's my only issue is like, and he normally doesn't do like thirty spins, right? But, I mean, he's done, like, 15, and it's just a fun spot in the match, and then it's just on to the next thing. So I think if they had established that, then maybe it wouldn't have seemed as, like, egregious. And, it, and the reason I think people are saying about it, it wasn't just, like, it, it wasn't just, like, the first time that it happened. It also was just, like, for the belt, for a right. feud that had been going on for a long time. Right. So – for on that hand i get that a little bit more with it being like the big finish to this big feud and like the main event of the show and everything but one other thing i always remember with jericho and i remember him talking about this in i think it was like his first book i remember him i remember reading him saying like there was a there was a match and i remember the match it was on raw it was him versus batista and batista clotheslined him and and pinned him for the three and everybody online was, was on the message boards and stuff talking about how Batista knocked out Chris Jericho and blah, 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 blah. And Jericho said, no, that was planned ahead of time. Like we were trying, I was like, it was my idea to get over Batista even more because now you feel like if he even hits you with a clothesline, it could be over. And I feel like that's kind of the same kind of concept with this, with this is now it's like, yeah, the big swing was always over. But now any of these guys might tap to it too. So like it adds this whole yeah. other out level of like, you know, um, of credibility to the move now. Where, you know, it could be the finish now. It could be just a fun spot. You know, how many times did you have to swing you before you tap out? You know, like I, I think it was it's really smart from that aspect. It kind of reminded me too. You remember when Walter faced Champa and Champa lost with a chop? chop? Yeah. Like, yep. and we normally didn't see that, but you know, it was like a accumulation of chops that really just like did him in he couldn't take anymore you know yes so I, I like that i think it's smart to get over as many moves as you can as like i always give aj styles credit for because he got like five finishing moves at all times you know what i mean yeah like, and you just so you never know when the match is going to actually when the actual finish is happening like and i think that i think it makes his matches even better um so i agree I, and i just I just think for the first one, like I didn't hate it. I'm not like this is the stupidest thing in the world and blah, blah, blah. I just, at first I didn't even know what was going on. Like I'm <laughs> like, why did the ref stop? 
and then they're like, well, Jericho tapped. And I was like, well, I just thought he was like trying to stop momentum and like make him stop. And it's just like, no, it's over. New champ. It's like, oh, okay. I guess, you know, it, it didn't have that. Like he's done it. Yay. You know, like type of feel to it, in my opinion. So that, that was the only thing for that. I um, get that. I thought I, I didn't love Yuta and Garcia. I just feel like I'm kind of, I don't necessarily love the pure rules. Like it's okay, but I would rather just see these guys at this point fight in a more like physical, not necessarily submission for submission, but like an actual technical fight and just a normal rules match. Cause we've seen, most of their matches or almost all their matches will ever be for the pure title. So it was okay, but I didn't love that match. I'm trying to think of all the other matches that were on the card. I really liked the tag match with Swerve and Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor and Griffey. I thought that yeah. was a lot of fun. I thought that was a lot of fun. Griffey's got to put some more on those strikes though. If like if you're gonna oh. be if you're gonna be wearing like MMA gloves and like pretending to be i shouldn't say pretending i don't know what his background is but like there's I, I just i don't know maybe i'm being too harsh but like i just felt like he was if you're like it just i've talked about it with matt riddle before like in the past yeah. like, when he was on the indies where like he would be mean people on the indies and you'd be like it just doesn't look right because you can tell he's just taking so much off of it um right jd griffey that i i think he's i think he has a lot of potential and I, there was moments where he looked really good in the match but i just wanted to throw that out there too where i was like they're trying to get him over this like mma guy but like i don't know about his mma background and i pay really close attention to mma so like if you're gonna have that kind of back if you're gonna have that kind of gimmick in wrestling like i feel like it's got to look more realistic in my opinion personally i I don't think it makes any sense. They're two totally different things. You you shouldn't bring MMA into pro wrestling. Like you can bring in certain styles like jujitsu, certain holds, things like that. But like to actually dress up like an MMA fighter and be like barefoot and all that. Like Riddle, it makes more sense because I think so. He's also a hippie, and he also has way more of a form. Like, you can tell he's actually really knows how to throw a punch, throw a kick, all that stuff. He's a fighter. But I just think, like, I've never loved MMA. That's why, personally, like, I'm not a big fan of blood sport because I think that it's just more so, like, fake MMA. And I would rather just watch pro wrestling or just MMA. That's fair. I, um, I'm looking to see if this guy – has any like MMA background or anything? I can't tell though. I search JD Griffey MMA. He's he's a he's a regular in Independence for, for Texas. Like he he's in New Texas. He's around there. So like I know I know of him, but I don't know any of his like actual background. Yeah, like his Twitter. I'm looking at right now. It says like pro wrestling MMA BJJ, Siam Star MMA, Team Cheetah Muay Thai. I mean, he seems to be very into it. I just haven't, I don't know. May, hey, honestly, maybe it's very similar to what I was just saying about Riddle. We're like, there's nothing wrong with the guy as a martial artist. It's just, he's trying not to hurt people and it just looks strange. I could just, I can just tell the difference when like someone is just really pulling back. Like it's just, that's all it is. So 
you can also tell the difference when they really don't know what they're doing and they get into a cage <laughs> and they start trying to throw punches. And they get tickled and held down <laughs> by photographers. Anyways, How dare you? Um, but uh, yeah. Speaking of Matt Riddle, Kogan says yeah. the guys are on rehab. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that too much because I don't listen. The guy who reported on that, Cassidy Haynes, is a good friend of mine. So like, I don't have any reason to like doubt you know the reports out there. But like, uh, and shout out, it was from BodySlam.net. If you all want to read, uh, that was where that news came from about Riddle uh, potentially being in rehab. I, I just hope he gets you know the help he needs. You know. I get there's a lot of people that don't like him for various reasons and stuff. I, I understand, but like, I don't know. Don't want anyone to be like, you know, I don't want him to like, I don't, I don't know what drugs he's on or what, what he, I mean, I know he smokes pot obviously, but that's WWE doesn't test for that. So that, that well, shouldn't I mean, be a they, problem. They reported what it was for. Well, the, the, the report was Coke, right? Yes. Okay. So, and I haven't looked much into this, but I saw something about that. If that's the case, obviously I don't want anyone overdosing. You know, I, I don't, I, I have no idea. You know, there's a lot of people that do coke. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying, like, I, I have no idea. That stuff stays in your system for like maybe two or three days. So, like, for you to fail a WWE drug test, like, you might have a problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. All I'll it, say is there's a lot of signs of him spiraling out of control, and I think that rehab is very good for him. And I also think he's on two strikes. I think if he, like with the if he mess, yeah, and I think if he messes up one more time, I think he's out. And I don't think, based on his past, he will have a lot of suitors to go to. Yeah. So he really needs to uh, clean up his life and try to make the best out of it. Yeah, AEW is gonna that'd be tough because. Very. of the fan base and then uh uh new japan he burned that bridge by signing with WWE instead of them back then so i mean that's like he's not he might be able options. to but i mean i don't see new japan really wanting to bring you in if you've had a bunch of drug problems and things like that especially you know he might not be smart enough and do something stupid to bring something in an airport and then it's a whole nother mess you know what i mean so i i just hope for the best I remember talking to him in Chattanooga years ago at SCI and like, this was when he was negotiating with new Japan still to go over there. It was like pretty well known that it was like a possibility he was going to be going. And yeah. he told me straight up, he was like, yeah, you can't even like, you can't even smoke over there. Yep. Like just straight up. Like I can't smoke over there. You know, like it just like, uh, which is, a th I mean, and it's a serious thing there. Like if you get caught smoking yep. weed and you're a foreigner over there, Oh yep. yeah, you're screwed. Um, so yeah. So uh, so that's what I'm saying is like based on his yeah. reputation, I don't know if he would even be able to get that. So this is a this is a big one for him. He's clearly he clearly can be a fan favorite. He's clearly over with the crowd, but um, like I said, he's he's definitely had some issues, and a lot of it's leaked online. And I just think that you know this is this is his last chance. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's also, it's too bad for him as well, as far as, like, because, uh, like, he had just beat Rollins and like, the fight pit and stuff, and, like, the yes. event of a pay-per-view, yes. and, like, it looked like they were going to really run with him, and yep. the RK bro thing, we never got, like, a real 
conclusion too because Orton got hurt and and it really seemed like if Orton came back that was going to be like the WrestleMania match was going to be Orton and Riddle you know so yeah that's so yeah I mean all personal stuff aside like professionally just straight up Matt Riddle right now like that's that's a pretty big fall from grace and then it's hard to like if you're like Triple H and like the the powers that be in the WWE it's it's probably a, it's tougher to like put him in a spot like that. And to, I'm not going to compare him to Jeff Hardy, but like, do you know what I mean with yeah. making that kind of comparison where it's like Jeff had all the talent in the world still does, but like you can't, there, there's only a certain level you can push him because there's just this distrust there, unfortunately, where it's like, listen, we're going to get the most out of you that we possibly can while you're here, but like, you just like, can't really be our world champion. Cause like, we just can't, we just don't know. Rob Van Dam. I mean, honestly, Honestly, like the distrust is earned, though. Like it's not like them being paranoid or whatever. It's like it, they have valid reasons, you know. No, I I agree. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because like depending on this the situations, of course, you know. But like Jeff Hardy clearly has had real problems, and like he's yep as we speak right now isn't on AEW television because of problems, you know. Like yep. um, Rob Van Dam, I've always felt bad for because like if he got popped for what he did now, no one would even care. So like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of like Robin Dam's whole career, I think would have been much more successful had it happened. Like n- now, as far as like people's mindset towards like cannabis in general, imagine, imagine Nick Diaz. Like, Oh, if, oh yeah. That's a whole we well, do an entire episode live rounds on just that topic about Nick Diaz and how that's like, it literally yeah. like ruined his career. Yeah. Like while Nate is becoming this mega star, Nick's suspended for five years, you it's know, insane. and you see, he's talking take about away the Gomi fight. Yeah. I yeah. saw that, it, yeah. but, but I need to see that interview because it it's... really didn't sound like him. Like, I just don't see him being like, I'm going to be bigger and stronger and faster than ever. And I want Adesanya and all like, I I don't know if he was like super high when he said it or what, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe that that's the way that he would view a comeback. I, I, wonder, I don't know though. I have no idea who like wrote it or anything. I'm not the one I don't want to discredit anyone, but I could also, yeah, I could see it maybe being something where it's like, Nick's just sitting there, like playing with his nunchucks, and the yeah. dude's like, he's "Like, hey man, like you're gonna be fighting again soon?" He's like, "Yeah, man, 2023. Nick Diaz, 23. Nick Diaz Army." And like, there's like homies right. are around. He's like, "All right, so Nick Diaz is coming back next year. This is great." Um, Nick, um, who do you want to fight? He's like, yeah, "I don't care. You know, just fucking just need the money or whatever." And they're just like, "All yeah. right," and they're just like, "All right, well, uh." You fight on a side. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah fight, I fight that bitch. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like anyone okay. can get it. And yeah, anyone. Yeah, and then it's like okay, and then like that's like that's how the article, you know, like came together. Right. Like and he's like Nick. Do you think that when you come back, you'll be bigger and stronger than the last time you were there? Like, well, yeah, I was sick and injured, so like, yeah, I'm gonna be bigger and stronger and faster. And like, okay, you know, <laughs> like I said, I want to see the know, video man. interview of that because yeah. that just doesn't come across. Hey, like he is. I'd love it though if he had this giant turnaround. And we find out that he's been like pretty sober, like Cali sober, like no alcohol, just smoking weed, just smoking weed, you know, Cali sober. Yeah. Like, like, because usually, like you said, usually we see him in these kind of interviews. He's like out of it or he's like drunk, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? He's just like, you know, they found him in a nightclub. 
Yeah, he's like walking out of a nightclub and it's like TMZ and it's just like, yeah, yeah anyone can get it. What, what's up? Yeah. I'll beat or, them all. Everyone's on steroids. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then like, remember the real weird one with Ariel a couple years ago where they did oh. that sit down for ESPN? He was like half best. falling asleep. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Um, he's like, so, like, but like you kicked my brother in the face, you know? So like, you're, you're going to have to pay for that, you know? Right. And Ariel's just like, and, it, and he's like, and, and I've got like the president of the United States. He's here, and like my brother is getting kicked in the face, and like it's not, it's not, it's not a good day. You know, what I'm right. saying it's just not, it's not fun. It's not happening today. You know, so, um, but, but yeah, and I don't, I never left. I never left. Right. Like I, I, I come back. But I don't right. want, I don't I don't want to do this, but like I have to because like this I've I've been chosen. Like this isn't, you know, but I'll, I'll do yeah. it. I'll fight. But I don't want I mean it's cool. I can fight. That's a very good I, that's a my very, brother. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's a very good impression. Really trying to like make sure this whole thing doesn't fall off the rails. So um yeah. Quick yeah. uh, super chat from Kogan. Thanks, Kogan. I appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, thoughts same. on the rumored Brock versus Gunther WrestleMania match? I I love it. I love it. And I don't think that Brock needs to be in the title picture every year. And if this match is really going to be like at its potential, like imagine like a Brock and Gunther match, but like the way that like Sheamus and Gunther was. Like I would love that. And yeah. It could really elevate Gunther, so um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And then, and then if you add that to what I expect to be a really stacked card for uh, next year's WrestleMania, that's that's going to be a a damn good card. Yeah, and I feel like to build this, like you got to keep that, you got to keep Gunther strong. And with yep. the with the IC title, but like, do you really need Brock? I mean, kind of interesting is Brock's never won the Intercontinental title before. I mean, it, it kind of would be kind of something interesting, just the fact that that would be on the line. But, yeah. Or maybe you have Brock cost him that, like heading into WrestleMania, like Gunther drops it, but it's because Brock F fives him five times or something, and someone else pins him or something like that. Like, you can always yeah. do that too. Um, I do like the idea of the match. I, I'd imagine Brock would just murk him, but they have done a good job, from what I understand, of like really making Gunther look really credible. So I, I do like knowing that. Um, there was uh, oh, there was something else I was going to bring up about these guys. Oh yeah, also I saw like on it was like on Twitter within the last week or the last few days. Timelines blowing up, like hundreds of tweets I'm seeing on my timeline that are like mind-blown emoji wait what if they did night one is roman and the rock and night two is cody versus roman and then cody be, and i'm like i've been saying this all yeah. year like yeah how, like y'all are just now putting this together like this might be the the move here like right people consider themselves to be like wrestling journalists or putting this yes. out there like wait a second i just saw this idea that like they might do at wrestlemania that i'm here i'm hearing rumored reports about Duh. I'm, I'm sorry, and I know that you're in that that that. Uh, Just don't circle. name any of my friends. I don't know any of your friends. Okay. I don't. I don't know any of them who actually asked a question. But if we are doing mm -hmm. these scrums, huh. we got to We got to do better. We just. We can We got to do better. If I have to hear one more time 
how does it feel to be this or how did it feel when you won this or um being this certain way what does that mean to you to be this like it is just the most low-hanging fruit stupid question and i just like let's get to some real questions let's ask like i feel like when you ask questions like that you come across like you really don't know wrestling like you are trying to and and not only that it'd be one thing if the wrestlers were really buying into it and like oh thank you so much for saying that or asking that but they're almost like i mean you know it's my my childhood dream it feels good you know uh, and then someone else will ask something similar to that like come on like let's have some real questions and i i really that that scrum on roh was just atrocious like joe there were people from uh uh the samoan heritage that had a samoan flag in the uh crowd what does that mean to you it's like and joe could care less like he's just like yeah there's samoa joe fans all over the world you know it's like okay you know, doing this then, for two decades plus. Yeah. And then there was like, one lady was like, I just want to let you know there was a kid behind me and he was cheering for you. And it's like, oh man, Joe is a freaking like, he's not a heel, but he has been a heel. Like, I don't know what you would call Juice Robinson, but like <laughs> the character Joe is talking about how. He'll beat anyone. Cody can come back and he can get it. Miro can come in here and he can get it. And you're asking him, what is it like to be like a role model to little kids? Stop it. Like ask real questions. Like that, that's my little rant. But yeah, well, it's funny too, because it's like you have this. And that also, you know, I don't know, because I, I, I didn't actually watch most of the Ring of Honor post uh, post fight presser. So like, I can't really speak too much to it, but I know what you're talking about because I've heard plenty of that yes. with like these kind of post fights, post uh, match scrums for wrestling shows and stuff. And the the way I can tell, honestly, very easily, like outside of the question itself, it, it's tied, of course, but like you know the level of like someone's um, actual like fandom or like love for wrestling or knowledge of wrestling when they ask these questions. Strictly, even just knowing like. You have an opportunity to ask Samoa Joe a question right now, one on one. You can ask him anything. Like, yep. this guy is a bona fide legend. Like, you're yep. talking about Ring of Honor, like Mount Rushmore of this company, Mount yep. Rushmore of just independent wrestling in general. Yep. And you take that opportunity to be like, there's kids in the crowd cheering for you. It's like, no, no, yep. duh, there is. Like, <laughs> like, like, how, like, how, like, like, how do you, like, like you know, like, you wasted and, your opportunity. You wasted, and I your feel like they've been sitting there and they're trying to figure out a question to ask him because they don't really know pro wrestling. Like they what should, a lot of them do you know? is they have the lowest, lowest hanging fruit, and they have like one or two questions, and those questions get asked in like the first two questions, and they're like, "Oh shit, what am I going to ask now?" Yeah. Um, uh, 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 yeah, and it's like, I mean, I I don't even know. Off the top of my head, I could come up with a any any question at all for Samoa Joe like especially if you have if you're allowed to ask whatever you want I know that they're gonna have certain things that like the guys aren't gonna want to talk about and stuff like that but I mean like he brought up 
Um, he was a great example. He brought up guys he wanted to defend the TNT championship against. And he mentioned Cody and he mentioned um, Miro. Miro, right. So Miro has been on the outside of the combat. And Tony Khan's sitting there kind of like, oh, because like, <laughs> because like Miro's kind of on the outs right now, it feels like. They don't have like we, we have nothing creative for him. And then Samoa Joe's like, I want to face him. Like, right. And uh, then, okay. Right. And then Cody, you know, the ultimate just one that got away. And, and you know, but, like, but the good on, way he did it though, he didn't just say, I want these guys. He's like, I will take on anyone past and present. And then he brings up and says, Cody can come back here and I'll take him on. Miro can come here and I'll take him on. So it, it still was like smart because then it wasn't like, oh, I would really love to face Cody Rhodes. He's on my bucket list. I think we'd have a 10 out of 10 match, you know? Right. So, and there's so many things you could ask based on just that one answer i mean it's to be so easy to be like wait hold on a second you just brought that up like you like with all the overlapping right now like people like nakamura doing you know dragon gate and like like wwe letting like like anderson do new japan and like the whole forbidden door with w with aw like i mean like then that's you can have so many questions based on that like yo aj styles everyone's always wanted to see him in aw like what do you like 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 let's do like let's do something like you know what i mean like you can ask so many questions based on his openness to talk about i want to wrestle wrestlers from other companies like okay like who are all these other like i bet you there's a we, whole lot of other wrestlers i want to talk about this too that have it so correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we've ever seen samoa joe and kenny omega you know i don't think like, so like bring that up set something up like yeah do do part of your job is just to like set things up to put it in the atmosphere so then people will be like oh wow i'd really like that and then tony sees on twitter all of a sudden people are buzzing about that match and then he's like let's do that on a dynamite or whatever you know yeah exactly so, that's the I entire just, reason warhorse ever got an opportunity in aw that one time to begin with was like just straight up twitter like just social media. Just, well, and you know. I think it's entirely why Eddie Kingston and Starks got signed too, because yep. of the buzz after that, when they did wrestle, people were like, sign them, sign them, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm not saying Tony wouldn't have signed them. I'm sure he would have, but there was definitely a buzz after those matches where it was like, oh yeah, you got to sign him. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, no, I'm with you about like, they should, they should come with better questions or at least like, I know it's hard when you're on the spot, but like, my my biggest thing with most interviews that I do, especially for like the spotlight with Jeremy, because me and him mainly alternate questions. So like, so a lot of what I'm doing with the it's like I'm I'm asking follow up questions, and like I feel like an, a, people don't do enough of that. Like they just have like their and I get it. You have like your one opportunity. They call your number and they're just like, okay, you can ask your question. Go. So like you know you might just have bullet points, but the best questions I think are usually the ones that are based on follow-ups. Like you heard someone say something about something that was interesting. And you're like, hold on a second. Like, what was that we were just talking about? Like, can you elaborate on that? Like, and that's like, that's where like the real meat of something like that would be. I mean, you bring up, you want to wrestle, you want to wrestle Cody and Miro. And it's like, hold on a second. Who else? You know, you want know to I mean? right. like, like let's bring some other name. Like we're not talking about dream matches. We're talking about like actual, these are actual possibilities. These names you're bringing up. Like, I think it's po I think it's totally possible AEW and WWE work together in the future at some point. I think I think it's fair, you know. I, it might not it might not be this year or next year, but I mean, at some point, it's possible. I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're possible. all they're all going to work together on New Japan. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Like you're going to have yeah. AEW, WWE, and and New Japan all together on Wrestle Kingdom. Like I mean, that's 
That's right. progress, you know, like towards what they doing should do like is have triple fly in, have Tony fly in. They're all there the backstage. And it's just like, oh my God, the internet melted. You know? Yeah. Oh, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Throw Dixie Carter in there. Um, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine the questions that these guys would get if they were up there. No, I, I know it would be, it would be tough. And yeah. the, the thing that'd be frustrating is it would be like, are you ever going to apologize? Are you ever going to try to make amends? And it's like, where have you been? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's where it's like, I just wish these were much more research topics. And these were like experts that actually knew what was going on and really had like a passion for this when they're up there with them. So, yeah, I, but it's a work in progress. I mean, there are times where so, like where some random like entertainment company will sneak into a UFC presser and ask some bizarre question and you're just oh. like, what in the world are you or talking just the, about? Just like the douchebag Nelk boys or like media yes. for the UFC. Like listen, I I I think of all those of all those types of people, Steve O is the most respectable, I feel like, because he actually watches all the stuff. Like Steve O is tweeting about like fight night cards live, like that no one's watching. Like right. you know, like so I think it's cool that they give Steve O some media passes and stuff. But when it's like Steve will do it and like Nelk Boys and like all like it basically just hype beast YouTubers that Dana White's just trying to get in cool with so that he can, you know sell supreme for you know i i don't I, I don't know like you know we even see it like i, I know he, i think it was the elk boys that he, that he took around and they like sponsored a fighter for the ufc even like for some reason you know just it's just i mean dana gave one of them 100k for his birthday and he will say that you know people have no idea what um those kids have done for him so like i have no idea all of like the access or whatever they gave Dana. I have no idea. All that, but. all that is, is access a code word for, uh, something, something else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, Cause I think that's probably a big part of it. You probably, Maybe. Dana White probably loves hanging out with, uh, with, with YouTube influencers and Instagram. Right. Guys. Like you know, 25 like, year old kid guys. Mm. Like, yeah, dude, let's hang out. Cool. You know, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Before we get to Dana, because there's definitely some things we need to talk about there, um, I wanted to just preview real quick winter is coming. I thought yeah. uh, I'm very – I'm kind of bullish on um, Starks and MJF. Like I knew they had to do something to get that thing going. Like it just, it was just kind of like, okay, we know it's a match or whatever, but they needed like a face-off. They needed something. But, like, how many times have we seen where MJF goes in there and tries to destroy somebody on the mic, and then the guy comes back and absolutely destroys MJF right back, and then it's over? No, that, like, that was normally the first time it's that back that and happened. forth. Yeah. yeah. And it, it almost made you feel sorry for MJF. Like, it was like, damn. And he had all the momentum, everything, and then MJF kicked him in the balls, like, and went back to being MJF. But I don't know. I guess here's the problem, but I don't know if it's solvable. 
So like, I understand why it's a problem and it might not even be a problem problem, but the way that I see it is your Wardlows, your Ricky Starks, you build them up, you get the audience to a point to where they want them to take that next step, but then they lose. And then what do you do afterwards? Right? So with MJF, I don't think anybody's expecting him to lose. And yet I think there's definitely a hunger for people that want to see Starks make it all the way. Right. But if he loses, then what, you know? Yeah. So I think that um, like if we were at a point right now where they hadn't put the world title on MJF and we were still, like, especially in, like, a perfect scenario if, like, you know, let's say Punk hadn't come in and this belt was still on Hangman right now after all this time and they were trying to figure out, okay, who's the best person? Like, I'd still say it's MJF. Like, I think they, at the end of the day, we still get MJF as a world champion. But if there was a scenario similar to that and MJF hadn't just won the title, which he obviously just won the title, I would say, like, Put the title on on Starks, like like go for it, like do like like make a new guy, make a new world champion, make a new main eventer going forward. Like the fans are behind him. The promo last night on on Dynamite I thought was incredible. Um, yeah, go all the way with him, but like you can't because like you just went all the way with MJF, and like there's still way more you need to do with him as the champion. So I think that MJF, you know, I think retains here. I think it was smart to have Starks win the Battle Royal because like it makes him like even more of a credible challenger going into it. Like he's got everything, all the momentum going into this, but they probably should have like just made a whole new diamond. That's what's confusing by the way. The diamond ring is different every year. I know this for a fact because diamond chic we I've interviewed and like he made the last ring. So like they make a new ring every year. Why don't they just make that like clear on, on television? Like the ring that MJF has, like MJF actually has three diamond rings. He should have been wearing them yeah. all three the whole time. And they shouldn't make it where like MJF has to lose this ring. Like there should just be a brand new diamond ring this year. Someone else should have won. Like they, they like the fact that it's tied to MJF kind of handicaps the idea of it with him being yeah, the world champion. Well, um, and it was like it was so obvious Stark was Starks was gonna win, and then you knew they weren't gonna do two matches. So it was like right. Like it just became really predictable that it was going to be for like all of it, and then MJF's going to win, so he's also going to have the diamond ring. Where it would have made more sense if like Starks would at least got the diamond ring out of the deal, so it's like he showed that he did beat him once or whatever. So I don't know. Like I, I just think that, and maybe I'm being nitpicky, but I feel the momentum for Starks, and I just think that like we can't let him cool down so much where he becomes irrelevant because personally, like I don't think he's a terrible idea for a TNT title. He's Me never either. had it. I and agree. you know, he could face Samoa Joe. I think it's a pretty solid feud, you know? So I think, uh, I think something like that would be good. I agree. Like, and it, ha- it would have to happen relatively soon. Cause yes. like, I think like best case would have been like Hobbs being the TNT champion right now. And then like you would yeah. have Starks beat Hobbs for it. And like, that would make sense. Everything going full circle. Um, right. But like, it would be quite the rub for Ricky if 
you know, even if he lost to MJF, that like maybe by the by the next pay per view, you know, you got Starks versus uh, Samoa Joe, and if he if he beats Samoa Joe clean, like definitively, that would be big for him. Um, um, also, I want to say like the uh, his promo I thought was very very clever. Like MJF brought his the heat like he always does. The whole pebble thing I thought was funny, um, but. Starks like with talking about slapping the mole off his neck and like his his lame fashion style and this funny yeah. scarf and all this stuff and his brought bad up haircut. the autograph signing brought it, I told him he's a kid like yeah. that doesn't appreciate what he gets brown noser um yeah he really he really laid into him he did and that was I saw some people like Will Washington and some other like you know big AW fans. They were uh they were tweeting this and I was I was thinking of it as well as I was watching, but that was like that was the ultimate Cody Rhodes like those are his dudes like that's Ricky Starks and MJF that's the future of AEW those were two guys that he tried to build from the second that both were in the company and they're they're do the work guys and everything and it's like so I just thought that was kind of cool where like they're they're. It's good to see, and I said this before MJF even won the title. Like I predicted that his a lot of his title matches are going to obviously the big one's going to be um, Danielson soon at the probably the pay per view. But like we're going to get a lot of these opportunities for guys like Starks versus MJF and Jungle Boy and Darby and guys because it, it's going to elevate a lot of people having MJF be the champion. So yeah, I liked it a lot. I'll and, say and, this too. I'm MJF would be great as well. Sorry, Haas put that out there. I was, MJF and Eddie Kingston in a world title feud, I think, would be awesome. I saw this also out there that Starks uh, did an interview and he said that like him and CM Punk got along well. CM Punk was really good to him. CM Punk helped him with promos and all that stuff. And he misses him not being there. And I just feel like, man, like you lose CM Punk, you lose Cody. It's almost like I feel like Tony knows he's leaving. So he doesn't want to necessarily like push him to the moon. Cause it really makes sense to me for him to go to the WWE. Like I just think that that's where he would end up going. Um, but who knows? Like with this push, you never know. It could change things and change perspective. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about, we're talking about who leaving AEW? Starks. Oh, Starks. Starks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I could see. I could see either of them potentially. Um. They're both Cody guys. Yeah. For sure. There's a lot of Cody guys in the locker room, but they're. But yeah, they're they're two very big time Cody guys for sure. The two guys yeah. that Cody speaks incredibly highly of. So I, I think. I think MJF is is has resigned. He's just keeping so do it quiet. I. I so I, I think that he's been over the top with it, but I think he's quiet. So yeah. let's talk about. I, I really wanted to talk about this last week, and I totally forgot. And I really think we need to talk about first before we talk about anything actual UFC, this whole James Krause thing. Like, to me, this is the biggest threat to the sport we've ever seen. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. And I think, I think Dana knows a fight was rigged. I think he knows yeah. it. And I think he's really like freaking out about it, low key. Yeah. So I need I need to do a little more research. I was trying to listen; it was long, and I didn't have time. But like Helwani did like a forty-five yep. minute video recapping, yep. it. and I got to watch a chunk of it, but not all of it. I, I'm I I know the concept to a degree. I have I would say I have a very loose understanding of what's happened. 
I know the consequences of what's happened. And I know, obviously I know who James Krause is. I know that he's a coach and he, this is terrible for the sport. He's involved with this. Um, And then he was making a lot of money betting on fights. And he apparently like there's, there's injuries that weren't disclosed. There was, there was fights that are probably rigged. There was one fight. There was one fight where like, it was like a massive underdog and he came in and then all of a sudden an hour before the fight was picked to win by knockout and like a ton of money went towards his way where nobody would pick him to win by knockout. And all of a sudden, like a thousand people did it within an hour. But so Klaus has a thing right there where like people pay to like in like a discord to get his betting advice. So that's not necessarily unusual that like that, that someone would make a pick and a bunch of people would listen to that pick. It's just a matter of like that pick, like how, yes. like, why are you so confident in this really, really, really bizarre pick? Like, and that's where this is all stemming from is like, how did you know, like, this is too weird. And then it happened. happened. Right. It, exactly. It happened on top right. of that. So well, then exactly. that's when it was under investigation. There's another thing to think of that I didn't really think of. But I was listening to like Ariel's thing on Spotify after the UFC 282. Mm-hmm. Brandon Moreno trains with Kraus. He yeah. did. Right. They made another title fight for that Brazil show. So I feel like they're planning on going with Moreno. But if anything, like in this investigation falls into this, they can pull that fight and they still have Glover Teixeira versus Hill to rely on true yeah yeah um yeah i know that marino is is he trains with him and um i know that i was listening to bryce mitchell and he was talking about how he goes over there and trains with james kraus on a podcast and i was like i don't want to say that you know what i mean so like yeah i think that this is going to be way bigger than people think i also think dana has not made a lot of friends with how he handled business during the pandemic and i feel like if they can go after him they're gonna go after him so i i just I'm just saying be prepared because I think they're going to find out more than what we know. Because one thing that was for sure on Ariel's show is there is an interview with James Krause and he talks about how he bets on every single fight, how he does have discord. And he also said that there's a guy even bigger than him that he didn't want to name. So who is that? And what coach is that? What if it's like one of the top level gyms like greg jackson or something right what if it's yeah. greg jackson what if it's um the guy that's like usman's trainer and gaichi's trainer and uh i can't think of the name off the top of my head but he has what if it's dan lambert what if um, dan lambert you know yeah um yeah or like uh izzy's guy eugene bearman like volkanovsky and all the champions and stuff um no i mean obviously i'm just throwing out names i don't know i've no yeah, you know, we have no idea I mean, like, just... you know you know what's interesting so i know that they said like if you're a fighter or you're um like associated with james krause essentially like you're banned from the ufc like unless you yep. can prove that you're no longer associated with him i haven't seen and you might know the answer to this i haven't looked into it it just comes to mind 
have they said what's going to happen with Laura Sanko then? Because like as Laura's... long as you just leave and you're no longer affiliated with him, well, you're okay. But they're like no, like Laura saying they're like they're like a couple. Yeah. So I like, I, she might not be able to be like. Listen, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's my, that's my question. If it's yeah. like a fighter here or there that they're gonna lose, then they're willing to just cut ties. Like it just is what it is. Well, Laura Sanko is not a fighter. My Laura Sanko is like the the analyst, like the the oh. blonde lady that does all the UFC commentary and stuff. So like that's okay. why I'm saying like that's why I'm interested because like if you're gonna ban like his fighters, like like I mean she would be as likely to know something as anybody like of something well, was going on. She's a as Dana said, it's okay because he's going to federal effing prison. Right. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to jail. You're going to federal effing prison. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I uh I'm not saying I'm not saying like Laura Sanko knew anything or not. I'm just I was just curious about that because like she's on the UFC broadcast teams and stuff, and like so she's a part of the sport. And like if you're gonna ban his fighters, like I feel like you kind of have to ban his girlfriend too, because like she she's as close to him as anybody. Like, I mean, so it's kind of maybe and she I'm not, I'm not saying she knows anything or knew anything, but like she's very close to the fighters also. She could get a ton of inside information in her position. So like I'll say this too though, like I feel like it started very pure. I feel like when you just betting on fight, you just knew some inside knowledge, bet on it, everything's good. Then the more and more you get involved, the more losses you take, and then it's like, dude, we got a prelim fight, you're getting paid 10 and 10. Like, dude, let's just throw this thing and you'll get 70 grand. Like, we'll, we'll, you know, split it. We're good to go. And no one will know. You know what I mean? And I feel like that that's what happened. But, man. So then let's get into judging. Yeah. Ariel went ham on Doug Crosby. And I didn't really even know the extent. (laughs) I listened to that. I listened to that whole thing. And the fact that Doug Crosby did the Bellator fight in New Jersey and then flew to Vegas the following night and did the other fight, uh, the Patty fight, totally ridiculous. Like, you should not be able to just go back for it. I mean, like, you just got off a flight. Your ears are probably clogged. You're, you know, might be even a little jet lag. Like, you are not in the frame of mind to fully be able to judge a fight. And the only reason that I, I say that they would do that is because they already knew the score of what they wanted to give him before the fight even started. Like, that's the problem. Is like Ariel says that he goes for guys that he thinks the promotion wants to see. There's yeah. also video footage of Dana talking to the barstool guys, who I think come across as such douchebags when they're rooting <laughs> for Patty. Yeah. But he's like, it's going to be okay. It'll be okay. And then they announce him as the winner, and he's like, yep, I'm good. Yeah, like, I saw that video with that's the Joe Rogan's response. Joe yeah. Rogan's like, oh. Like, <laughs> all right, you know. I agree. So, well, they're, well, they're, um, I mean, they're sponsoring, to be fair. Like, they're sponsoring Patty. So, like, Barstool is, like, very heavily invested in Patty no, I know. winning these fights. I know. But, but no, it's I, like they think that he's freaking Conor McGregor or something, uh, yeah. and he's not. He's just not. And, I, and it, that's another thing, man. Like... I don't know if I've ever seen a fighter turn more heel than Patty that weekend. Like, he came off as such a douchebag. He came off as a liar. 
and Ariel buried him and Ariel buried Dana. Like I, yeah. I love the freedom that Ariel has now because <laughs> yeah. he will tend to now. And man, he, I love where he's like, I have such a deep desire to see a 50 plus year old man eat Cheeto pancakes. I was like, right. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. he's like, was that a hit? Was that a hit? How about that? Is that a hit? No. Nope, yeah. Nope. Names you know. all of his failures except for oh. like anything that like the Fertitas backed for him. Yep. I was um, like, damn. He went ham on him. First of yeah. all, Patty did not win that fight. Oh, Second of all, I don't think Patty can beat anybody that's ranked. I think I and, and one thing I didn't realize, I never paid attention to his age. I thought, you know, because he comes across pretty immature. Everybody can suck my ass. <laughs> oh no, he rest, he fought in Cage Warriors like forever. He's 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 30. Like, this is who he is. He's not going to get any better. Like, this is who he is. This is the hype train. Like, this yes. is it. Yeah. So, to treat him like he's Connor or something, like, I – if if he wants um, Tapora, like, oh, my God, oh, he no. would get just murdered. The fact no. that he actually, like, got into it with that guy before, yeah. like – run and it was funny they brought it up to dana and dana was just like i mean yeah we'll see what what happens you know we don't really make fights the same night but you just made a fight you just announced the fight that night right like dana's not putting him anywhere near that guy so no no to probably kill him i feel like he's um wait what was the guy's name i'm not saying he's sage northcutt but I, I do think that, like, he's about to be all hype and not much substance. Like, he's he's going to get real exposed if he has to fight anybody in the top top 15. Because he fought, he fought it, was it featherweight? Or light heavyweight? Or lightweight, I mean. Was it featherweight or lightweight that they fought? Let me see what, what weight class they fought at, um, him and Gordon. I think, I think he's lightweight. He normally is, but I, for some reason I thought that um. Yeah, they did fight at lightweight. For some reason, I was thinking they might have fought it. Well, because Tapori is a featherweight, that's why I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but Tapori would still absolutely work him. But yeah, if well, he even like, said he'll fight Patty at any weight. He doesn't care. He's like Patty can come in one seventy. I don't care. I'll destroy that guy. Well, I mean, at lightweight, like the top fifteen, like you know who's right number fifteen in the UFC lightweight division. Like, like as far as like. We'll just say, okay, Patty, like, we got to give him a ranked opponent. We'll give him the bottom of the barrel of the top 15. Yeah. Who, who do you think that name is right now? I can't think of it off the top of my okay. head, but well, I'll tell you probably a killer. Yeah, Tony Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Like, no. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. Like, I mean, you get, guess who number 14 is. And this, and this is the fight they should do. Okay. Conor McGregor. Because you do. Yeah. You do, just cash you in. Do, yeah, just cash exactly. it out. You do. You do. Connor goes in there and just wipes him. And it's like, okay, like that's Connor gets a very winnable, like he doesn't have to come back and fight Poirier or do that in the UK. Do that in the UK, sell the stadium. And if Patty's and they and they talk a whole bunch of trash leading up to it. And if Patty somehow wins that, you actually do have a new star. Yeah. But like, but like I I would one million percent that's the fight. Number 14 ranked Connor McGregor. Like it would get Patty into the rankings if he won. Um, stylistically, it's the most winnable fight for him, honestly, of any of these guys in the top 15. Because, like, I would think, <laughs> I, 
I, I honestly, uh, I don't, I don't think Connor could ever make 155 ever again. So like maybe 170, but who cares? Like just make right. so much money, just what? throw it out there because it's better to get knocked out by Connor than it is Taporia or whatever. You know what I right. mean? Well, because that's the other thing. Like, like these other names, like Moicano would murder him. Like Dan Hooker is number 11. Like, like these guys are just on a completely different level. And then you get into like the top 10. Like imagine Patty the Batty versus. Faziv or Dos Anjos or Michael Chandler or these kind of guys like Daniel Daryush like there, there, there's no like he's not he has no chance against these level of guys like like imagine him versus Charles Oliveira like that's Oliveira's like, 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 like that, that's his like I got I got to get a win before getting another title shot so it's him versus Patty oh the Batty. my god like, like that's it's completely uncompetitive like, Patty would be a pretzel. No Bring back CM Punk. Do. do Patty versus CM Punk. And probably sell some oh, paper. There you go. Uh, um, but yeah, I your old CM Punk. But so speak, but speaking of that, like honestly, like that was it was honestly one of the worst judging decisions I've ever seen in the UFC. Jared Gordon one million percent won that fight. Um it's usually not that bad. Like like the one time I remember feeling like that was like Bisping and Matt Hamill in the UK, right? But like, yeah, I it's normally when it's that one sided, they get it right. And maybe one judge will be stupid, but like not all three, right? Like right. that, that's and then Unanimous. Patty keeps telling you, well, it's about damage now, control doesn't matter, and all this other crap. And it's like, Dude, you threw like six strikes in, in one round, and like he completely dominated you um on like control, you yeah. know. So so I so I actually agree with what he's saying in theory because like that's the reason like I I, I scored Sean O'Malley over Piotr Jan, and I know right. I know that was a very decisive divisive, uh, divisive, and I know most people I feel like most people I, thought Jan we, won. We thought it was, but after seeing that Patty fight, it's a different level of, of like yeah. I'm I'm cool with O'Malley and Jan. <laughs> like that's fine. That, but, but, good, but that's, good decision. But that's but that's my line of thinking with with the O'Malley and Yon fight was like I think O'Malley just did a lot more damage, a lot more active, and Yon just didn't really do anything with the with the grappling and stuff. But on the other hand, with uh, with Patty and Gordon, the difference is yeah, Gordon did some control, but he outstruck him too. Like he landed way more of the significant strikes. It felt like he he had Patty in more in more danger than Patty had him in throughout the entire fight. It felt like. I think I think I had I think I had Gordon winning all three rounds, if not maybe maybe losing one of the three. But like yeah. they're definitely and and that would have been close, but there's no way that Pat and I'm I'm usually the type of person where I'm like, I don't call for I, I don't call robbery, I don't call rigged and all that stuff, but when it's stuff like that and it's somebody that the UFC is clearly heavily investing in, and then you also see the clips like you said where Dave Portnoy from Barstool is standing there in a Patty the Batty wig next to Dana White. And Dana White's like, got his fingers crossed, like that Patty's going to win this thing. It's just like, and then, yeah, you mix it in with Doug Crosby and these corrupt judges that have vendettas with like actual other fighters and camps and, and coaches. And yeah, I didn't even know about the thing, like the fight the night before that apparently he gave, he gave yeah. some guy a 54, a 50, 45 who lied the first time ever someone, he gave someone a 50, 45. The other two judges scored it for the other fighter, the other fighter. 48, right. 47, 48. 
so so he scored a, 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 a unanimous round 50, 50 to 45 fight for somebody who lost a fight on a, yeah. on a scorecard like that's but he his name is Danny Sabatello and he's like a great value uh Colby Covington like oh, he's really? a really over the top trash talker flamboyant blonde hair like, well, I know who that guy is yeah yeah you yeah remember I that him and is. him and the other guy almost got into it on the MMA hour like yes. on, and Ariel broke it up that's right that's that well, was that's the fight I know about that guy that was the okay. fight on Friday and um so Ariel thinks because he makes the most business sense for Bellator, he immediately just picks him that he won all the all the rounds. Right. Because he thinks that he picks fights based on what the promoter would want. Right. Which I think is I don't I don't think that Doug Crosby is the only one who does that, by the way. I think yeah. you, you do see it in the UFC more often than than you should, where like the wrong guy seems to win based on just the hype. You really you really hear it in the the bias commentary where like oh, they yeah. clearly like only did the research on like one of the two fighters and they just talk about the one the whole time and just um that's a whole other conversation though in itself but um another thing i want to bring up uh obviously before we we sign off um that had to do with the show best case scenario in my opinion for the ufc light heavyweight title like like i i honestly think the fact that they somehow snuck out of that with we we got to put on a pay-per-view we promoted a title fight. That was the whole reason Glover didn't get a shot because we needed a title fight on this show, but we don't really want either of these guys to necessarily be champion, but we just need the title yeah. fight. They got away with the title fight happening. They don't have to give either guy the title. Glover gets the title shot next month, and it's a way more exciting fight because I think that Jamal Hill and Glover are going to be fireworks. So, like, it actually, I think, turned out in the best case possible, unless you paid you know $80 to see a, a, a new champion crown. Um, but you know what I mean? I think, it, I think it kind of worked out great. Yeah. I, I will say, I think Hill is going to absolutely smash Glover. I think that it's just, it's, it's going to look terrible. It's, it's going to be a bad matchup. And I think that Hill's the champ. I, uh, did you see his, I saw a clip of his interview with Ariel where he's talking about, um, but I thought, I think everyone should check it out. I'm not going to do it justice, but it was, uh, it was a really cool clip where he basically said like all I've ever wanted since I got into fighting is just to, I just want the opportunity to know if I'm good enough. Like if I'm the best, like what is my, what's my true potential? Like, will I ever reach my true potential or just know what my actual true potential is? Like how good am I really? And he's yeah. like, I'm just, he's like, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful because like I get a chance to, to know he's like win or lose. Like I'm going to know if I'm good enough or if I'm not good enough. Like that's all I've ever wanted, you know? And it's like, that's pretty powerful. Like, that's pretty cool. You know, like, and he seems at peace with either. I mean, he's like, I got to win this. Like I have to win. Like I have to win. I have to know, but he's like, but even if I lose, like then at least I know, like at least I yeah. know where I stand, you know? And it's like, yeah. damn, that's a pretty cool way of looking at it. So um, he's yeah. an exciting fighter. He deserves the shot. And like, you know, honestly, I'll say this. I think, if Magomed Ikhlaev hadn't had totally botched the post-fight interview, it'd probably be him versus uh, Teixeira. They probably would have held off and done that. Because yeah. he, this moron, like, grabbed the microphone after the fight and was like, yeah, this is all rigs. Like, I don't uh, I don't think I ever want to fight for the UFC ever again. Uh, yeah. like, this is bullshit, you know. Yeah. Like, had, he, had he just been, like, humble and been like, 
Yeah, like And then Yawn is like he should be champion. Yeah, give him the title. He's, I even want it. Give him like, the title. Just, yeah. So then Dana's like, like, we're not even talking rematch. We're not even talking about them in title condition anymore. We're going with two different people. On to the next, you know, like it is a mess. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. So no, but yeah, but that that's the kind of what I mean though, is like I feel like both guys just totally because if if both of them would have just ended the fight and been like that was so close that it was a draw, like we got to do it again, we got to find out who the better guy is. They probably would have figured something out to just have them rematch, you know, or or something. Or or once again, or thinking Ankalayov, um, you know, I think Ankalayov had a better chance of getting the shot because of uh, how the fight ended, and also because we haven't seen Ankalayov and Teixeira fight before. We've seen Teixeira and Blahovich before, but um. But yeah, like I said, I, I think Jamal Hill versus Teixeira is actually the way more exciting fight. And uh, I think it's a winnable fight for both guys. Like, I, I think Jamal Hill uh, is, is incredibly dangerous striking. Uh, but I think that Glover's submission game is jujitsu on the ground. is like, that's a problem. I mean, we saw that he, he, he finished yawn so fast with that rear naked choke that it's like, and he almost finished Prochaska multiple times. That's something that people seem to kind of forget is like, he had him dead to rights like five times oh, yeah. in that fight and just like jumped onto guillotines for no reason. Just I'll say this though, like I just feel like he's he's only getting older because it's taking a long time to get these fights to happen. And mm-hmm. I just feel like Hill is just gonna I think he's young one of those killer. like phenom young killers that's all of a sudden like gonna absolutely destroy him and then they're gonna be like, Oh my god, this guy is for real. But you didn't know because he hasn't fought that level yet, right? So that's what I think is gonna happen. When he's the kind of guy that I could see like getting John Jones interested in, like I don't see John Jones necessarily is gonna go back down to light heavyweight, but like yeah. we could see Hill go up to heavyweight. Like he has a kind of framework he puts on more size, like it's so frustrating too because like John decided to leave 205 when just a bunch of killers showed up, right? right? And like Mark. it makes you feel like was it <laughs> on purpose? Because like this whole time you clean out the division, and then you have like five or six contenders, and you're he's like not yeah, fighting I'm going anyone. He's and then not that fighting. I'm just yeah. not gonna fight for like two years. Yeah, like. Like, I'm so used to being suspended that, like, I'm just going to take years <laughs> off now, you know? Like, he might as well have gotten in trouble, right? Because he could have had fun and still done his thing, uh, so. That reminds me of, uh, I remember the movie Don't Be a Menace. Oh, uh, yeah. When, uh, yeah, that one character, uh, Tooth, the Toothpick, was that his name? The guy who got, he gets out of jail and, like, but, like, he still, like, li- he's living his life like he's still in jail, like, looking at people, like, yeah. like from mirrors and stuff behind him. Um, yep. yeah, same, same kind of thing. Just made me think about that. Well, hey, Chris, thank you for the super chat, man. We actually, we pretty much opened the show talking about all the Vince, uh, potentially going to WWE stuff. So don't want to like repeat it all for everyone. I know, but we appreciate the, the super chat, but like, I, I don't, I don't think there's any chance that he actually goes back. So, yeah, I think like we were talking, I'll still like briefly go over it is the fact that like, I totally believe that in Vince's inner circle, he is talking about coming back. I totally believe that he feels like he got the wrong information and should have never left. But I think at the end of the day, there will be too much there to stop him from actually coming back. And I mean, like, I, I think if he came back, I think their stock would tank like 15 points. Like, I yeah. think it would just get destroyed. 
And then I think there would be so much negative backlash. Like I, so I don't, I don't think to the fan base. It's it's one yeah. thing to get kicked out. It's another thing to try to come back after being kicked out. I think that's almost ten times harder than once you've decided to go that route. Then it's really hard to go back. And I think Agreed. that it's just it's over at the end Agreed. of the day. Yeah, and yeah. I think that we're not done. Keep hearing more bad stuff about him. Like I just feel like there's always going to be because now that there's so many stories that have popped up, I just feel like whoever wanted to say something now feels like they can, right? So right, I just think it's a it's a mess. Yeah, and yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm along a lot along the same lines that just to kind of paraphrase. Like I think I think the only reason Vince retired was because his inner circle advised him to because the heat was just way too hot at the time. Um, and now he's probably at home, itchy and stir crazy, and still obsessed and still not sleeping and still trying to work all day and stuff. And probably hates so much of it and just wants it changed and he yes. can't. And it's probably driving yes. him insane. Exactly. And I they think they didn't that, sell, damn it. They didn't sell. Yeah. And and if uh and if if he wants to come back, I think it's gonna cause a lot of potential problems for their family, unfortunately, because yeah. I could I could see Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan being like sorry, like like you know what? But you never watched Breaking Bad. All my great references, the only references you get are the ones that I know of from like the nineties, but like Heisenberg at the end of Breaking Bad, like there's a famous line where where Todd just tells him you shouldn't have come back because like the they're they're gonna they're gonna try to kill him you know it's just right. the time um it's like you shouldn't have come back Mr. White and that's just kind of how it feels of like Vince it's like Vince you, sh- you shouldn't have come back like you're yeah. not gonna like what you see if you come back here because things are different now we don't want you um sorry you know yep. So. And I always think there's going to be supporters of Vince. I think if Vince like wanted to do a meet and greet, he would have a, a line a mile long. But I think as an overall CEO of a company, it does not make sense at all anymore. Mm. Agree. So. so yeah, it's probably a good uh good stopping point for today. Um, yes, sir. As I was talking earlier, oh, one one last thing I can show. I want to give my brother a shout out. Did you watch The Office or no? Yeah, never get. Yeah. You got into The Office? Okay. Yeah. So my brother got me this as a holiday gift, and it's a very niche present. I'm going to put it up on my wall somewhere. I think it's pretty funny. So he got me the like the Todd nice. Packer, and it's signed by uh, by Packer, which is pretty cool. Nice. So uh, I, I always thought that was a hilarious joke from from The Office and. Uh, me and my brother just crack up at, at all the stuff that Todd Packer does on that show. So um, thank you to Brian for that. Um, and also thank you to FK who sponsors the show. I got these off of his eBay store and the process was seamless. It showed up in like two days in the mail. Incredible, uh, incredibly like well done packaging uh, and shipping. So like everything came mint. This box is in mint condition. This, uh, uh, it's a doll. This uh, wrestling buddy is uh, <laughs> is uh, is in mint condition as well. You think you got what it takes to take on the cleaner? You can hear him perfect. <laughs> and now he's gonna count himself down because I laid him on his back. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, FK. Sorry, I'm gonna let him say his thing real quick. You might have won this time, but I'll be ready next time. 
Are we ready next I can, time? I think, I think Cody should be able to tell Kenny the Bullet Club is fine. I don't know if we can get that going. That'd be but... pretty safe. They go back and forth to each right. other. The WCW, they have some WCW figures that, that did that from yeah. back in the day where they talk to each other, say like little one-liners to one another. Yeah. Um, and I think they also did that with some of the uh, the uh, 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 Titantron figures. Like if you got them close enough, some of them I think might be able to communicate if you put them on the little metal things. I could be wrong on some of those stages. Anyways, that all said, PK, thank you very much um, for sponsoring the show. His link for his eBay store is in the description of the video. If you click the link and you send him a message, just say live rounds or Doug, Steven, anything that has to do with our show, he will give you 10% off of your order on his eBay store. So go load up. The He has great deals over there. Um, I'm, I'm not just saying this because he's a part of the show. I am very happy with the transaction that, that we had. So like, I'm going to definitely keep buying stuff for myself. I'm going to buy presents for other people through them. And I highly recommend y'all do business with PK as well. Top tier professional level stuff. So once again, link is in the description for that. Um, I'll just plug my stuff real quick. Uh, fight talk underscore is my Twitter this Sunday. I think I'm doing more, uh, commentary for CDW championship district wrestling. Um, so that will be fun. The Vikings play on Saturday. It's just working out so good for these shows. The, Vi the Vikings play on Saturday this weekend for some reason. Nice. So, um, yeah, we have Saturday for Christmas Eve, which sucks. I was in the freaking doghouse with my wife because she's like, Hey, my mom wants uh, everyone to come over at three. And I'm like, the Cowboys play the Eagles at 3.30. Like, I'm not going. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to uh, I had to really uh, work that out. But nice. came to common ground. But, like, I'm not, I'm not missing that game. I can't be over there. And I'll just be constantly checking my phone. Like, it, it'll just be a disaster. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. No Understandable. Way. Understandable. Well, um. So the Vikings play on Saturday, so um, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I think they play the Colts. Okay, yeah, they do. They do. Um, so that should so be then I'll, hopefully, hopefully, and then uh, so then Sunday I'll be uh, free. Vikings free on Sunday. Um, I'm gonna go up to Championship District Wrestling. I'll definitely be there. Um, Jameson, the dude who runs the show, um, hit me up and said he wants me to do some more commentary. Don't know what matches I'll do. Fingers crossed, there is. Ernest the Cat Miller in action, so I'm really oh, hoping wow. I'm, calling, I'm really hoping I'm calling that one. I I don't I don't want to I don't want to step on too many toes and like ask for too many things when I do these shows, but like I'm hoping because like Jameson's teaming with him and Jameson likes me doing his matches, so I'm 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 hoping that I get to call Ernest the Cat Miller. That would be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Just just bucket list random stuff like that. Um, speaking of uh, the spotlight. Watch that on Thursday mornings, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on the main YouTube Fightful channel uh, that's Fightful or YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, earlier tonight, myself and Jeremy recorded an interview with Dan the Dad, um, who I've known for a long time uh, through the indies, uh, and I've interviewed him over the years as well. And uh, he recently went viral for a, uh, a clip during AEW uh, doing a, a Toliona flicking his nose like uh you know what's that on your shirt type stuff to his nose yeah. anyway it blew up on social media um and we had dan on the show so we're we're gonna be airing an interview with him um this upcoming thursday so in, in two days 9 30 a.m eastern check out the spotlight on fightful also check out the fightful select weekender podcast that's every sunday 
or Monday, depending on how busy I've been lately, uh, over on FightfulSelect.com, talking mainly the world of independent wrestling. So everything I got going on, and um, uh, I should have um, links, hopefully, by next show. Next show is going to be our end-of-the-year awards. Yeah. Um, I will hopefully have links for y'all for merchandise, too. We're hoping to have, like, hoodies and T-shirts kind of stuff for y'all for the holidays. So hopefully I'll, ha- I'll be able to drop those by next week. And um, if you want some live rounds merchandise, um, it should be available this holiday season for you. And we, uh, as always, we appreciate y'all uh, for being a part of the show. Anyone who sends super chats, uh, anyone who just chatted at all, um, hit the thumbs up and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Yep, for sure. I don't really have anything to plug. Just go Cowboys. And uh, I'm going to try to see Avatar this weekend. Hurts pretty <laughs> good. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, going to see it in 3D. That should be fun. So all about that. <laughs> There you go. Well, Skull Vikings. Go Cowboys. <laughs> Vikings losing this week. Lions. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.